Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 26th of July 2020. And as far as we know, we're all still here, or most of us anyway are still here, right? Because we're living through incredible times of the culmination of lots of planning over many, many, many years, going way back, in fact, into the 20th century. And uh, and even actually a bit further back than that, everything is happening today pretty well. It's been discussed for many, many years by those who bother to take the time to crack open the old books and read all the boring stuff, because that's what it's based on, you see. Awfully boring stuff. Eh? ABS. And uh, you find that uh, everything's presented to you in this fake reality of ours. And by fake, I mean it's all presented to you. Even your conclusions are given to you so slickly. And it's not new at all. It's been done for an awful long time again. And it's quite simple. Bernays was involved in how to bring people into consensus, for instance, how to manipulate consensus and create consensus amongst the public. And consensus of opinions, desired opinions by those who basically rule. And uh, Bernays wasn't dedicated to any particular country. He would sell his ideas to any country, and every country, including the communists too, in the Soviet Union, bloc countries and so on. But he also worked with a lot of uh, administrations in the U.S. government and different with different presidents coming and going. And he also had his private, his own private massive group, you might call them a massive group of propagandists or uh, media manipulators and uh, public relations companies. And he, he was went so far, in fact, as to, as to get the U.S. Army to go and rescue his client, one of his biggest clients, it was the American Fruit Company. He got him to go down into Latin America and uh, overturn the elected government there, <laughs> for because they, they were going to jack. Uh, they might even they might even have socialized the company, you see. And this American Fruit Corporation was a massive uh, organi- company, and they wanted to keep the workers' wages down. So he used the American military to go down there and claiming they were communists and. And got him to overthrow them, and then. Uh, but that's how it goes, isn't it? People get they get caught up in names and terms, and they don't realise that often you have the same characters running both sides of everything. Uh, that generally is what really happens. As I've said before, you've got to have at least two sides uh, fighting it out, physically or or verbally, and politically, in order to get change. And the whole idea of Marxism, of course, is planned change. That's a Trotskyist attitude to, to the whole idea of reality is planned, organized, and directed change that's created by strife. You create the strife to upset the apple cart of whatever stage system there is, and you get the other side coming back, of course, uh, and um, try to defend it. And out of it, you get compromise. That's your, that's your whole thesis, antithesis, and synthesis. So once you get the synthesis, that's the next step to, to take over and change to the next step again. So it's, it's, it's really what they call social evolution, uh, being fast-tracked. In other words, they, what, what they think they, they could have gone to in the world in 100 years, they can do maybe in 30 years, uh, even sooner if they can get a, a revolution going. And it's a whole bunch of ideas, a whole system, a whole way of living, of course, to be implemented once they have succeeded. And uh, you always find, I've always been, been astonished when you find the same uh, richest folk on the planet uh, surviving through all of it, you know. 
because uh, the true communism, as we've seen it, uh, what we're given as true communism, never really demolished big corporations. In fact, in Russia, the whole idea was very quickly, in fact, the lawyers. A lot of lawyers actually took over the country and they were claiming they were, com- they were communists. But the whole idea of not making money off labor, people's labor, um, was very quickly demolished. Or you live in a twilight zone, really, though. See, it's not, not still there. And so they simply reword big private banks that they set up. Uh, that uh, They weren't making money off labor, you understand, because it was reworded how they got their money. And that's what lawyers are awfully good for, is rewording things to get round things and getting, getting what they want, you see. And we found that out at the end uh, of the so-called Soviet empire, when uh, it went down uh, on cue, it didn't just fall apart. It's just like a monetary crisis uh, in today's system. There's no, the only crisis you have is a money reset, like you had in 2007 and 8, really, and bankruptcies that were all planned to take, be taken over by the winners, you see. And the winners, are they're always the ones that plan it. Uh, that's how it works. Well, same with communism. Uh, they didn't have to collapse back then. It was plan- it was, they all got their orders from the different provinces and areas and regions of the Soviet Empire and the Soviet bloc countries. They stand down pretty well. And then many of the leaders that being communists became social democrats and a bunch of other names for the same thing, really. And so it goes on that way, you see. But the ones that they really serve, the richest folk on the planet, with, who own corporations across the world, for, and they own everything you need. I mean, all resources, that's the key to it. Uh, then uh, they still run the show. And, of course, no one attacks their headquarters. In fact, you find, as I say, this Antifa, which is definitely a, a communist organization, or a, a, a communistic um, anti-fascist organization, uh, which is an old organization, of course, but re- 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 repainted for the present times. And they're still financed by the biggest corporations on the planet. And the leaders of, of the, the Black Lives Matter movement, as we know, uh, have come out openly uh, saying that they're trained Marxists, trained in organizing and trained, trained in a whole bunch of dialectical techniques. And, um, and of course, dialectics is meant to throw off the scent of what they're really, what they're really doing and to really convince a lot of people who sit on the sidelines thinking it's all quite above board and quite natural and, and decent, all the rest of it. Everything is perception management. And again, back to Bernays, that's where he was into perception management. Very old techniques. And his techniques were, were still used today and, and even uh, improved upon with the behaviorists working uh, for countless uh, governments down through time and adding to it all the different techniques that they have of manipulating the minds of the public. So it brings perception management. And, and there's never been a better display, isn't there? I mean, I don't, I don't get involved in the politics, because I think it's all managed anyway. I think the whole thing is managed. And we're seeing right now with the WEF, the World Economic Forum, the, the, the great global reset. It's time to reset again, uh, not just the monetary value, which is devaluating the, the uh, de- devaluation of the currencies. You need a lot more of the same currency to buy the basic foodstuff shortly. That's what they mean by global reset, bringing into austerity, the planned austerity. And of course, they're also using and financing the BLM movements, and they're also the big, the big CEOs of these corporations, and they're, and they're also uh, funding Black Lives Matter. I'll put some articles up 
where they boast about them all. They're all in, on board with it, all funding it. So they're funding the demise of their, their own system because it's time to move on into their new, new system, you see. <laughs> it's still them who run it all. And as this has been discussed for years by them with the futurist societies, which they own, working in tandem with... Uh, the real psychopathic teams get paid big money, behaviorists and psychologists at the top, uh, and those who work in, in intelligence agencies for departments of defense and so on. Uh, they come out with all these different articles over many, many years telling you what they'd like to do and how they could do it and pull it off, etc. And, and don't forget everything. Everything that comes out of Department of Defense or, or your governments for a long time now has been pure propaganda. Public relations. Public relations goes back again to Bernays when he called it initially propaganda, and um, they, they got a bad a bad rap. The whole idea of propaganda, so they changed it into public relations. And every official organisation that's out there, from from police, military, or intelligence agencies, whatever, has has specially trained people who are propagandists or public relations experts. They know how to walk around direct questions that are asked to them and how to leave the people scratching their heads until they catch on and just being had. And by that time they've gone, you see. But that's what they do. They, they just walk around the different questions that are being asked. And um, we're getting lots of it today, that is for sure, aren't we? We're, we're seeing a massive campaign by the big corporations that own the media that are promoting Oh, the, 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 no, it's not protests. Most of the protests you're seeing now um, really aren't protests. They're, they're just riots. They're planned riots. I had one in Mon Montreal um, a few weeks ago, I think it was, and um, I just saw, just the other day, I just managed to see a little tiny clip. I get bad speed because we're hammered here where I am uh, with speed. We get hammered until things just crawl, even timed out, gets timed out just pulling up a newspaper article sometimes. And I'm getting hammered, maybe special, I don't know, I don't want to be paranoid, but that's the sort of thing that's happening right now. But I just saw this article, and uh, I was reading the COVID articles at the time. Again, all the different, uh, countless rubbish articles that are getting churned out by some machine, I think, you know, you just crank it out. And I don't think the COVID's missed a single sign and symptom of any disease out there. They've got everything in there. And I've mentioned it before, and, and Fauci adds to it as well sometimes, just to get his face in the papers. He likes the limelight, doesn't he? But they've got everything in it. Too. You, you might be asymptomatic completely, but you'll have it. Maybe that's a symptom that you have, you see. And you might feel fine, and you, that's definitely a symptom you've got it. You might feel bad. It doesn't matter what you feel bad with, you've definitely got it. And if you've got runny nose, you've got it. If you've got dry nose, you've got it. If your sinuses are plugged, you've got it. If your sinuses are, are exuding fluid, you're, you've got it. Right? If you've got a sore throat, you've got it. If you've not got a sore throat, you've got it. Right? If you've got a rash, you've got it. And if you've not got a rash, you've got it. And he added to it, in the middle of the hay fever season, eh? Uh, that, that um, again, the whole idea with runny noses or blocked noses and Definitely, you know, hay fever well, That's definitely a symptom of it Everything's getting put down to COVID But I just, I was reading that One of these articles And, and then next to it was the, the big so-called They call it protest in Montreal Where they went down the street looting the stores <laughs> That's quite good. It's astonishing to, to actually live in this twilight zone 
And I've mentioned this, this for years and years, this idea of gaslighting the old movie, where they try to convince you that you're, you're not, not to see what you're seeing. They'll tell you what you're supposed to be seeing. Right? And, uh, and so you're, you're, in that, you're in this kind of strange la-la land where you're trying to hold on to sanity as you're getting told that this is, this is just protest that you're seeing. But I just realized, after reading the article on COVID, you, you saw a bunch of these guys smashing a big music store in Montreal. And they all ran out with guitars and instruments. And I realized that's a symptom, obviously, of COVID, eh? To add to all the other symptoms. You just suddenly get this, this urge. You've got to get a musical instrument for free, preferably. And, and it's definitely COVID, eh? Has to be. What else could it be? Because we're having peaceful protests. It must be COVID. <laughs> but we're truly living in a twilight zone. And it's all managed. Our minds are always managed. I can remember, too, a few years back, reading an article... Uh, I was on radio at the time. It was about a voice to skull technique that advertisers hoped to, to use. They were demonstrating it and trying it out in New York City. And it showed you people walking past a particular store. And they, they also showed you this little funnel type um, projectile gun thing that could, acoustic uh, cannon, I guess they called it. It was a very small thing. It wasn't like the big things the military can use. And it, it could literally put into your head, aim at you, and, and follow you, locked in on you, it's all computerized, as you're walking past, and they could lock into you, and you'd hear in your skull, go into this store here and get so-and-so. And it'd be very audible to you, just like a schizophrenics often say they hear voices and things. You'd hear it all right, and be very clear, and they, they showed you uh, really what you'd be hearing from a tape or, or, or a recording of some kind. And... Um, and that's what you would do. And of course, you saw these folk <laughs> stopping where they were and, and looking around, like, and looking up and down, and they couldn't figure out where this was coming from. It was aimed at the, And no one around them would hear it, you see, just you. So when you see the, the protesters just going berserk and, and smashing in all the, the guitar stores and music stores and grabbing the best instruments, it's because they got COVID. That's what happens to them, you see. And that'll be down shortly as a symptom. What else could it be? Obviously, right? I mean, I could not possibly be communist. They were wanting communism uh, by stealing the goods of capitalism because they want them so badly. It couldn't be that, could it? No, no, no. But this is what we're living through, isn't it? Tremendous times of change. And these are planned change. I did the talks years ago on the coming changes that that were all planned. And uh, this is the century for it, the 21st century is the, the, the century for change. They, they called, that's what was labeled in universities by the professors as they taught them Marxism uh, and collectivism and so on, and austerity, you know. Uh, they recycled old myths of communism all back in full force. And the century of transition, everything was a transition, including people in some, some ways too. But this is a, that's just all change, you see. This was about plan change, and it was been on the books for an awful long time. And you had the same uh, terminology put out by those who taught uh, Marxism and all of its different front groups, you know, because that's where Marxism runs, is through different front groups, and uh, they cover its real tracks. And also, 
It was being promoted by the, the climate change groups with the top. The ones at the bottom are the ones who follow and believe what they're told. Some of them, the leaders not, I've said this before, the leaders of Antifa, the, the real leaders know what they're about. And the same with uh, Black Lives Matter, the ones at the top have come out publicly saying that they're, they're basically communist and, or Marxist, if you want to use that term. And, uh, and those who fund them are way above them. The real bosses, way, way above them, uh, as a company's CEOs of, of big corporations, uh, they know what it's all about and where it's supposed to go. This is the big change. This is the big reset, as they say. But this is a time for change. And the excuses of, of saving the world and saving the climate and all the rest of it, it's all to do with population reduction. I hope you're getting the message. <laughs> It's about population reduction. Young folk will go along with it and do all the writing, not reasoning that their time will, not realizing their time will come when they're on the list for, for, for removal as well. It's not just old folks you see are getting written off with COVID and so on. Eventually, be other excuses, other reasons. And they've already come out at uh, the last climate change last year uh, talking about the need for population reduction. That would reduce the climate problem, as they said at the last big meeting. And you find it in their articles. So you're living through it. And it's frightening for a lot of people because they don't understand it. Uh, they watch the mainstream media that still <laughs> shows you incredible, incredible um, uh, talking heads telling you that, well, it's just, it's just this or it's just that. They don't tell you any truth, of course. But the fact is, this, this is way beyond their, their, their little protest. A protest is something where you hand out literature and get folk to sign things, and that's protesting. When you smash doors and, 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 and windows and, and stores and loot them, that's not protest. No, that's called looting and rioting. So we're living through amazing times, as they keep telling you to, not to believe what you're seeing, uh, but to believe the, the fake version of it. Isn't that astonishing, right? In real time, you're getting told this. It's just amazing. And, and, and you, so these talking heads are quite happy to tell you lots of lies. They always have done before. Um, are quite happy now. They're getting a lot of attention. And everybody's tuning in because of the COVID ID and the, the protests to see what's happening. And they're quite happy to, happy to lie to everybody, of course. And the standard communist technique was always the same. I've got books from, published in New York because that was the main the main center for publishing all the Marxist uh, books uh, all through the 20th century, from the earliest times. And uh, and they said that was a standard technique is to start to cause um, first protest and then going into riots, you see. You, you always have the two factions. You, you, have, uh, you have the faction which... Um, this, this spouts off the, the reasons for protesting, as I say. Then the other active faction, which is the, the physical act, action party, you see, who does all the physical work. You saw it in the States two years ago by, a, by some group. Now it's quite, it's got all the power to tell you a different story, but the one in the States um, was quite, had two factions, obviously, and, uh, and even blew up um, government buildings. Now they're respectable, and, and some of them even own the media. It's quite quite amazing to watch it. Quite amazing to watch all this actually happening over and over again. And folk, it only takes twenty years or twenty five years to people to forget the signs and symptoms, and and what's happened in the past. You see, it doesn't take long to get it. That's how they, as I say, they generally even uh, the Western countries traditionally in a big big war like World War One. 
uh, they've given about almost 20 years, about 20 years or so, from the end of, of a real heavy, heavy slaughter war uh, to raise another crop of young folk who wouldn't have a clue, really, about the reality of the last war. And they'd be ready for the next one, you see, for the slaughter. And that's what they always gave it about a 20-year span. That's what they do. And it's quite interesting, because when 9-11 happened, I thought, I even gave a talk about it. I says, you know, I says, with, with the, the, the sudden, which wasn't sudden at all, all these restrictions on free speech and free this and free that, and uh, reducing all your rights and freedoms, not just in the U.S., but across the world at the same time. Well, that was planned long before 9-11 happened, obviously. And uh, they're, they're going through... Uh, uh, screening at airports and so on and being x-rayed for goodness sake and I, I even get, did talks on the companies that were given in advance uh, the rights to sell all the x-ray machines and that you'd be walking through airports and so on and and uh, uh, I won't go into that again because it gets me annoyed even thinking about it of who the companies actually were but uh, it was all planned in advance right? That's how things really, really work, uh, including what's happening now, all planned in advance, like the last crash as well, 2007, 2008, planned in advance. That comes from top bankers in Switzerland. They, they, they said the same thing. They didn't need to do it then, but, but uh, they, they did. It was a political decision. It wasn't a necessary decision. It was a political one. And politicians, as you know, are, they do what they're told by higher authorities. Huh? So that's the real world in which we live, but we're in a century for change, or of change, and this is the century of change has a whole manifesto to accomplish, of course, including um, population reduction, uh, licensing of folk who will be permitted to have children, and folk who will not. That came out as well, <laughs> not just at the last climate meeting, but at previous ones as well. And mandatory uh, sterilization will come in. There'll be a lot. It won't be just said, "Oh, it's mandatory." You know, it's uh, little perks. If you if you sacrifice your right to have children, you see, it's your choice. You see, they always give you the choice. Uh, then you can get extra credit points on your or your on your income, your base, your, your universal basic income that everybody's going to be put on. You know, and. Uh, yeah, little perks and things like that And you also get the goody-goody two-shoes That we always rush into and say oh, I'll Do me first And they get their names in the paper And they're quite happy And uh, unfortunately a lot of them are young folk You know, you, We already saw it um, Come out at previous climate change meetings Where they'd bring forth young women Who were very young I mean they were still in their teens uh, And still, some of them were still in high school And as in the newspapers Saying they'd like to volunteer for sterilization To save the world this is what happens, you know. And as I've always said, nothing happens by itself. It takes years and years of planning and, and, and uh, gradual incremental implementation of the propaganda and the techniques to bring conformity and uniformity of opinion and so on. And then you, you, you see it manifest. And it's always presented to the public as suddenly spontaneous. It's a spontaneous thing, you know. Just like the COVID was all spontaneous, then you find out, no, the Rockefellers had talked about 2010, and, and uh, of course I put up the PDF before, um, so go to cuttingthroughmeetings.com, and you can find them for the Rockefeller Foundation, talking about whatever things that would come with technology, jumping in on it and so on, and all the apps that would get unrolled for tracking and tracing, for your own good, tracking and tracing, you know, all that, in 2010. And then, of course, Event 201, 
and uh, as published as well. It's really amazing again, isn't it, to watch counterintelligence? You know, uh, counterintelligence go into action, yeah. and immediately brand everybody who mentions the published articles by by the Johns Hopkins group, university group, Event Two Hundred One, in collusion with um, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and they even put out their videos. We hear them talking about and all that. But if you mention that now, you're put down as a conspiracy theorist. Eh? You're one of those QAnons, eh? you're a conspiracy theorist, talking about that. But you're talking about the fact, but the facts don't matter anymore. The fact that you mention it means you're crazy, you see. Uh, even, but it's, allowed, it's okay for Bill Gates to talk about in reference. Uh, he's not crazy. So that's, there's your difference. And, and this is, again, this tremendous technique of uh, obscuring your your the logical processes in your mind. And uh, some folk cave in, they can't... F- the average person, the average person who doesn't follow these things and only gets it from the mainstream news still gets confused because they're hearing conflicting stories even from the mainstream media. And that's intentional. It throws you off into a twilight, as one as I said, where you... you, you and, and you think, I'll, I'll, I'll just think about this, and I'll think about the other side, and I'll come to my own conclusion. But within a week, they've already worked out, you see, to where you have to go next. And that's what it, you don't realize, it's all to where you go next. And they take you to it to give you a uniform opinion, and you'll adopt that opinion, you think it's your own. People fight today, they've been fighting for years over opinions that were given to them. But they've never really investigated them for themselves. I've mentioned before how often, sometimes quickly, and sometimes weeks or months later, I get the same articles I put out a long time ago coming back to me. And uh, it happens all the time. And it is interesting, especially when they're quick, because you know they've got it from your, your site and so on. And what's interesting to me is that maybe a third party has got a hold of it from someone else who's reposted it. And they don't know it's me, and they'll send it back to me, you see. And it, it gives me an idea how fast things really move. But uh, it also shows that people often don't look at the primary source for themselves and to find out where it really came from. And this, this, is, this is going somewhere, by the way, when we talk about because it's to do with our reality again and how reality is given to us and how... The, the, the agencies that manage your reality and your opinions, uh, when it's not working properly for those who deem them to be necessary, the particular opinions they want to give you, they, they bring in real intelligence agencies like the, the, the 77 Brigade. I mentioned that in Britain oh, uh, months ago, back in April, I think it was, and I still get articles coming back to me, sending to me, saying, you got, you got to look at this, well, it's me, put them up. They don't realize that they're, they're sending it back to the person who put them up in the first place. I give talks about them, you see. And it's, an, it's a group in Britain, it belongs to the Department of Defense, a psychological warfare group. And they, their job is to go around, scour the internet, and prey on people, actually, that, they, that are nuisances, people who may know things or, or who are getting too close to, to hot topics or whatever it happens to be and to throw them off the track or defame them. There's a whole bunch of dirty tricks to use, and that's what intelligence agencies do. There's lots of dirty tricks. And this is a battle for information in the information age, naturally. Back in the 90s, they talked about the coming uh, internet um, age, basically a war on information and off information and who might win it. And I can remember even reading articles at the time where Hillary Clinton talked about it with other people. 
and she talked about this coming war of information, how it would have to be handled, etc., and didn't want to outright ban things, but there had to be other ways to sort of limit information. Of course, you see where it all went today, where you, if you say anything as close to any topic at all, you're completely banned immediately. But apart from that, you also get hammered by PSYOP organizations, thousands of them. And the brigade in, in England works for the military. I might touch on a bit later on, uh, the actual original article, where they come out and boasted about their, their, what, they, what they're up to, some of what they're up to. And they boast about thousands of having thousands of people working for them and thousands more to draw from, like part-timers, basically, uh, to, to tackle big issues, like bombarding the Internet and, and targeted individuals, basically, targeting them uh, uh, with uh, either defamatory information or wrong information. And then they have, a, a, again, a different, a different um, department that dreams up the ideas. You understand how intelligence agencies during the Cold War really worked? There's been some good movies put out by, from good novels and so on, some of them written by people who were in, in intelligence agencies, uh, sometimes a bit far-fetched or dramatic just for the movie version or the, or the novel version, because most intelligence work is boring stuff, very boring. Uh, like uh, Besmanov said, it's nothing to do really with uh, the James Bond stuff. It's, uh, it's mainly to do with, with destroying the culture of your opponent and psychological warfare and altering the culture. You take down, during the, during the old Gramsci, or I call it Gramsci, but some of them call it Gramsci, methods of infiltrating and destroying and changing the culture. Well, that was done successfully in the West, completely done. <laughs> look around you. And, um, and look where you are right now in this particular time. This is the outcome of that technique being used for, for a long, long time in the U.S. and Britain and elsewhere. But I don't want to get off the topic completely, but the fact is the intelligence agencies often showed you some of the techniques that they used. And one of them came to mind as well. It was called um, Russia House. It was uh, where they, they talk about the characters who, who manage the, the Cold War. Both sides, all sides, in fact, and how it's very profitable, and it certainly is for those who run the whole. And but how they also put out um, counterintelligence for, to their opponents and and for for the people in within their own countries, you see. And must remember that most of the intelligence and propaganda is aimed at your own population, actually. And it was, it was so-called forbidden for a while, but it happened anyway. And the U.S. came out eventually under Obama and uh, said that it's okay for now to, to, to use propaganda on their own citizens in the U.S. That's a fact. I had the article here uh, from years ago. But Britain and other countries had always been doing that. And uh, because you must get your people behind you, you see. This is the same as a war. If you want a war, the first casualty of war is truth, you see. So you must get the people behind you, just like the PNAC group used uh, the, the, the term, the phrase that um, for, the, for the list that had drawn up that they wanted to attack and take over by using the, the U.S. military to get the people on board behind them, the domestic population behind them. They said they would need a Pearl Harbor event. That's not make-believe, that's fact. It's out there and so on. And, uh, and you had 9-11 pop up, so that's what you must do. So again, truth is always the first casualty uh, of war. 
and once it's all going, truth doesn't matter anymore because that's out the window. Once you've got troops in somewhere, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's uncovered as being false, the reasons for being there in the first place. You've got to get them in there first, get involved, get the huge machinery of war on the go and, in, and, and, and on site, and away you go. And uh, most of the public then just sit back and let it happen. That's, they've not much, they've not much um, seen or input in, it in the first place. Is it? But that's how it works. But they come up with amazing ideas to confuse populations both domestically and and worldwide. And often too, it's like it's, it's the mystique of things. They get big diversions, which are interesting too. But they're also tests upon populations. Uh, they'll put out something, a false narrative, and watch how fast it travels around the world. I read an article a few years ago as well from MIT where a professor there stated that he was teaching his class on how to put out fake information on history. And then had, because they were given access to the chit-chat on the internet and, and on electronic media by the government, everything's, been, everything's farmed out, all your private stuff is farmed out. And, and they said that then they could follow all the chit-chat to see who was rebroadcasting the chit-chat uh, with the false history in it, to see how fast. Well, why do you think they were doing that? Eh? It's because right now a lot of it's being used of, of false information put up by intelligence agents, and it's been awfully successful. And, and the testing by MIT and others is, is exactly that's testing to see how, how well it can be done. And also uh, how, how they can set up groups. They, they, they seem to sprout out of nowhere when folk jump on a, a really incredulous idea. And it doesn't matter about the validity of the idea. It's, it's the idea itself to get in conflict with other people. They say, oh, don't be crazy, that could never be the case. It doesn't matter if it's flat earth or what it is. As long as you get something out there that gets people yelling at each other and almost ready to fight each other. It's quite, you've, you've, you must understand the power, the power the behaviorists and psychologists and have over the, the general public. The last people who understand to be manipulated are the victims of manipulation. And when emotion takes over, you've lost it. And they've won, you see. Always, it's always the same thing. And these techniques were also used by the communists in the Soviet era as well as Bezmenov said, Yuri Bezmenov, uh, and it doesn't matter about the truth keep being said by, <laughs> spoken about by, by guys like Besmanov and others before him. Uh, the fact is, uh, as he said, the ones who are totally convinced of the utopia of, of Sovietism, the communism, you call it what you want, it's all the same system, Marxism, the, the wonderful utopia that never seems to materialize. Uh, they, they say that, um, he said that, um, you could take them right up to the prison camps, the gulags, and they still wouldn't believe it. Uh, that's how bad it is with, an, with indoctrination. People want to believe so badly. So incredibly. In fact, if they've been at it for years, that becomes their whole reality. It's a religion for them, a real religion for them, fanatical. And uh, they'll just crack up on the spot or go berserk if they're actually forced to see what's really happening. And that's what that's how it is. But the thing is, he said that um, he was in his 1970s. The, the communists of the Soviet uh, bloc countries were so astonished to see how well 
their assault, total assault on the culture and value system of the West had been. I used to give talks on what your culture comprises of. Uh, but even this, the more surface uh, kind of things like, like your, never mind your language, that gets changed as well, by the way. And, uh, and so does your, even your dress mode. What, what you're, what's in trend today for the youngsters especially, or the, and, it, and, and every age group is catered to, of course, like uniforms. And people never figure it out. The battle between communism it's not a communism against really capitalism because capitalism never dies off. It really takes over the system. And they, actually, they benefit more off it. I mean, <laughs> the Soviet Union um, was up to his eyes in the hawk to, to foreign banks and different things. That You'd be surprised. Yeah. And, we're getting, and again, it's wonderful for those who own these big corporations in the Soviet bloc or anywhere else for that matter because they could get the governments of other countries under the, the Economic Development Corporation that were set up by the United Nations. Every country had them, a continuation of the Lend-Lease programs after World War II, right, right up to the present time. And y- your governments would then bail them out in, in these blocks. And so the, the corporations were guaranteed to get bailed out, guaranteed money, not, not, not less money, but the, the, what they wanted. <laughs> it, it works awfully well for them. But the folk at the bottom never figure it out, really. They never do. The few that do might end up in the gulags themselves. But facts don't matter. You see, there's always the same resurgence of the same, by the same folks, actually, uh, over pushing this idea of communism. And right now, as I've said, it, it, it doesn't surprise me at all that all the demands that are being put out by Antifa and Black Lives Matter, and, and it's, when you really look at their manifesto, it's communism, basically pure and simple. But it's exactly what the World Economic Forum run by the, the, the richest folk on the planet want for sustainability, depopulation, austerity for the general population, post-consumerist society, yada, yada, yada. And down to rationing. That, that's what's, so they're, that, they're actually helping to fulfill what the elite, the, the richest folk on the planet want. And these richest folk on the planet and their big, massive international corporations own the resources of the world. And they're getting the left wing to do their bidding for them. Isn't that amazing, eh? And the ones at the bottom never figure that out. They really don't. They just don't figure it out at all. And it's the fastest way to get to where they want for the WEF. It actually said that, and the Club of Rome said it too, that uh, they'll be able to achieve all of their goals for sustainability by using the COVID. But also they're they're jumping on this idea with... um, the communist left. It's not amazing how it all coincides with this. But it's just coincidence, right? It's just a coincidence. It's one of these solar things that, you know, the stars are all in, in the right the right positions and having this, this flux in space. Eh? That's what it is, isn't it? Well, that's what intelligence agencies would put out for you. Because getting back to what I said, I remember them doing similar things before, tests as well. And uh, one of them was after 9-11, just building up to 9-11, in fact. And some people who followed... Uh, what they would, or I would call loosely, call the New Age movement, because it's, like, it's, like, it's like, oh, a smorgasbord of all ideas and things, and old and new and so on. And again, that was all getting geared up big time through the 90s, again, for a big change in society, peace and understanding, all that kind of stuff, the Aquarian movement, you know. And, and people who, who, that I knew 
would say to me, because they got it from different sources. I wasn't on the internet at all. And they'd say, you know, we're going to go through a photon belt, a big photon belt. And I thought, well, photons are what come off the suns anyway. That's light, you see. And, and um, yeah, but it's going to be a really heavy belt that we're going to go through. And, and, and some of the, the talk shows at, at night, and so we go through these things. And, and that's how they're promoting this idea of a photo. But the new age, the one, see, the old new age movement that was really run from the top again, there's big institutions running it. That actually are actually famed for using psychological warfare and, and incredible testing on the general population. They have no idea of it. This is well understood. But the idea with the photon belt, you see, was before the flat earth theory came back, was resuscitated. Because it's an old idea, the flat earth. Very old, of course, as you know. And then came out in the 19th century again and back into the 20 and 21st. But, but the photon belt. And they said, you know, because every, everybody was getting ticked off with this, this idea of 9-11 that had just happened. And they said, we're going to go through this belt, of this photon belt. This is from the top New Age movements. We're using all the different terms and, and uh, occultic terms and so on, which, which everybody knew was in all the books. But they said, uh, everybody, everybody suddenly across the whole globe, everybody, no exceptions, right, would suddenly, instantaneously know everything. We'd all know everything. No work involved. We'd all be immediately enlightened. And uh, we just know everything. No secrets could be held from us all because we'd know it all, you see. Not because we, we did anything, it was because we went through this magic photon belt. They did it all to us magically. So I've watched this kind of thing happen. Uh, knowing darn well, it's obvious to me that literally intelligence agencies write this stuff up and then uh, see how well it's working on people. And it also helps to diffuse folk from going any further and demanding answers from governments, for instance, like 9-11, etc. Because now you, you just wait and wait. If you just wait long enough, you see you'll suddenly get enlightened by magic. And, but, and these, are, these are delaying tactics and diffusing tactics. That's how they're used. So we get all these different theories coming along and building up. And they're studied and studied with all these the theories that are put out there and the chit-chat and all the rest of it. And, and again, you get, you get the groups like the 77th Brigade involved, officially, Department of Defense. Uh, thousands of these characters, literally in lifetime, manipulating your data to you. And back. you think they're all real people that are just interested in this. No, no, these folk literally are, are countering. They're playing you. You're being played. And uh, the folk can get involved and caught and sucked up and have no idea that that's the thing. Is, oh, I just hate this guy that keeps emailing me. He tells me, that. no, no, they, these are agents. These are literally the psyop war, warriors, they call them. And they're counterintelligence agencies. And so all working to, to manipulate your thoughts, etc. That's how it's done. The whole idea is a big chessboard in intelligence. How they try to, they, they, they come up with a, 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 an idea they want to bring off, pull off something, you see, uh, against your enemy in such a way that you'll walk into this, all the different traps that you leave, you'll, you'll walk into them, you'll get led there and led here and led there and, and without, until the bitter end of life has been had and has been played. And that's how it's done. And, and today there, there's <laughs> battalions of these characters employed to screw you up. I mentioned before, I, I don't go into it, uh, and uh, Facebook, you know.
because I know what they are, and you can just tell who, see obviously who, who really set them up and what set them up behind the, the front people that set them up. They're, they're, they're essential elements to total control, obviously. Total control. Because they start off as something you, you volunteer to put your info up on, then they make it almost mandatory or necessary to, to use to make and make an income in this age, this day and age. Uh, and that's how they get you all sucked into it. Then they start deciding who will be put off of it or, or punished for whatever. And, and it's, it was all planned before you heard the name of Zuckerberg. Believe you me, all planned. As you go back into the 90s, and you had, as I say, Hillary Clinton and other ones talking about what they would do, etc., and have to do. They weren't worried about losing control of the dialogue. Whoever they happen to be, after all, you, you, can you figure out who they're really working for? It's not, it's not followers. They're not working for the followers. <laughs> and again, that's the beauty, the macabre beauty of uh, the dark arts, as they call it, you know, of persuasion, manipulation, and using your natural emotions uh, to get what they want from you as they do you in, basically, and put you under, or have you crack up and com- or, or either really commit suicide or appear to commit suicide. That's the technique that's used over and over again. In fact, it's, it was skillfully inserted the idea of uh, the techniques, uh, the, uh, a minuscule amount of it, mind you, in the movie The Good Shepherd. You know, gives you an idea how it kind of works. It also brings into it the idea of uh, how sex is always used, eh? Uh, for for blackmail eventually that's involved in the movie too and how you can get to, to your, your real target through their offspring or relatives as well and threaten blackmail if you don't if you don't comply with them etc that, that's of course what the whole Epstein organization was about again and he is a he really is an asset of the big agency above him of course that wasn't just a horny guy there with an insatiable appetite for young girls. But that's uh, that's the system we truly live in. Um, your emotions, all your emotions are played against you and uh, and used against you. And the psyop warriors, as they say, countless numbers of them can hammer you all and, and soak up your time if you fall into that trap as you try to answer them or, or stand up for yourself or, or you, hear, you hear false accusations at times. Just, Wait a minute, this is a psyop thing. Just ignore it. Because that's what you got to do is ignore these things. They want you to suck you in and suck your time away and suck you dry, basically, and, or have you crack up. I mean, some folk really are very sensitive. And if, they, if you fall for whatever they're, they're giving you, uh, you'll be ripped apart. Absolutely ripped apart, you know. And you got to remember too, the internet is is it's <laughs> it, it, it's the biggest can of information ever invented, where everybody is stuffed into this big can, and and those who who own the can and manage the can can dissect your entire personality and life history from you. So be careful what you're putting out there too, and don't forget as well you can be sucked into organizations just chatting away. And uh, they'll try to label you as some kind of terrorist, for instance. It's just astonishing the things that are putting out. The FBI seems to be classifying everybody as a terrorist today, even the, just the crazier fringe type people as well. And ignoring the ones who are doing anything at all right now as cities burn and shops are looted, etc. It's interesting, though. As I say, I, I, I find it interesting 
to watch this again the same techniques that Plato talked about. Understand the techniques of what worked in the past to get certain things done. And if you understand the sequence of implementation, then you can create this the societal conditions for the acceptance of each stage of it, implement them implement them in the same order and they will work. It doesn't matter if it's a thousand years ago or or two thousand or whatever. It'll it'll always work again. It really is astonishing that It's kind of sad too We like to think we're really special, don't we? And that we're always on the cutting edge Of understanding and and beauty and perfection Of, of knowledge and all that kind of thing But no, we're pretty well deluded <laughs> Very much so deluded And uh, rather sadly too And willingly The best kind of delusion is to be willingly adhere to it, willing to enter into the pact of delusion and, and get used by, again, intelligence agencies. Get, always get used. And uh, what I'm saying is, is just what I've, I've said before with the guys who are being set up in, uh, over the years um, by um, intelligence agencies in the West, since 9 11 especially where you would also often read about sting operations where, where police or FBI uh, or, or their counterparts in our countries had set up sting operations by putting out people on the net. A lot of young Muslims fell into this too. Uh, and really rabid preachers, which seemed to be preachers of Islam, and, and in would come the followers, young guys who were always picked up so easily. Your, your, psycholo your psychology is very predictable when you're young. And, uh, and young guys, oh, that's terrible. We should belong to that and do the right thing and all that. Then they get used, set up, then they're supplied by fake uh, explosives and things. And then in would come the, the, the cops and arrest them, or the FBI. And then they'd admit how they did it. They'd admit how it was done. Now, these young guys might never have got any further beyond the bitching part. Oh, so you can't say bitching anymore. That's been disallowed, apparently. So they're, they're getting beyond the, the complaining part. And actually falling for it, but they, they probably never have, have done it if they had just kept complaining amongst themselves and griping, you know. But that's how things really work. Uh, I've noticed for a long time, uh, even before, you know, um, all the present debacle and, and troubles, etc. But long before that, from the books I've read, old books to do with the Bolshevik era and the, just before the Bolshevik era and what was happening and how it was getting set up by infiltrators and and there's again, there's always this, this, this elements of, of different groups, ethnic groups, wanting to dominate other ethnic groups as well, and vice versa, and conflicts of all kinds, and religious groups sometimes. But how they set up the, the conditions to get enough people to follow the initial revolutionaries is very similar to what we're seeing today. The Black Lives Matter idea, I mean, initially you had, you had protesters uh, against crime, against uh, horrible crime, obviously against um, uh, people, regardless of who they are or what they may or may not have done, you don't treat people that way. As I say, and but, you, but, but that so you had initial uh, outrage, but it's so quickly hijacked by a group, two groups really that work together and often share the same funding sources. <laughs> Uh, that, that are avowed to wait for this, uh, any spike to jump on in the, in the summer. And they did it. See? And then they commandeer it. 
And then all the followers still keep the chanting going because you must have, have the sheep. And you've got to be honest here. If you follow a group, a big group, you've given away your rights to think for yourselves. If you start shouting slogans, you've given away your right to think for yourself. You're, you're, in fact, you're, you're advertising it. And this is what George Orwell knew perfectly well when he wrote Animal Farm. The four legs good, two legs bad. They tell you who your enemy is and you all just chant it in unison, you see. And this is how you do it. You give up your rights to think for yourselves until you're willing uh, dupe because you won't get what you think you're after. Whatever that happens to be, even your temporary solidarity, where you actually seem to be fitting in maybe for the first time in your life with something that seems to be bigger than yourselves. That's how it works. It always appeals to young people, always. And those who run the system at the top, that really are big intelligence agencies, believe me, uh, a lot of them too are privately owned, big ones. Uh, they know how to manipulate their minds and use you all. But the ones who are in the forefront of it all, the ones who are trained anarchists, are revolution, are really mercenaries. That's what they are. And they're well-funded and well-paid and well-looked after when everybody else is, is paying the price for all. That's how things really, really work. And, and it's a sad thing to watch, isn't it? As it gets repeated over and over and over again. Same thing from Peter the Hermit to the present time. Same ideas getting used over and over again, always using the young. I gave Peter the Her- Hermit's talks back in the late 90s, how he literally came out this unaffiliated kind of um, self-proclaimed preacher or priest and, uh, and encouraged the young children to go dancing off <laughs> to, 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 to uh, God's holy city. Yeah. And of course, lots of them got round up on the way and put into slavery and, and massacred and used and abused. And, but that's what happens, because life was so hellish then for those folk, though, for the, for, the, for the peasants and their children. So hellish that it's easy to sell them an idea for utopia, even though it's magical again. You know? And today, of course, you get the lull, a managed lull, as we go through changes, big changes, the century of change, getting back to what the big think tanks all worked upon in the last century, the coming century of change. And Carl Quigley's idea, working for the same group, they can get more done on a social system, a construct system for change, and five years of war than 50 years of peace. And they have, haven't they? 9-11 9-11 started it all, and suddenly, they're, 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 no, it's not an enemy you're, 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 that they're cracking. It's everybody at home <laughs> across the Western world, uh, and you have no rights and freedoms, and all your, all your, your information is monitored and, and scoured by intelligence agencies and programs, and you can't just move anywhere. It says, papers, please, yada, yada, who are you, and why are you here, and yada, and all that stuff, you see. And you've watched the, the very quick erosion of all your rights, tracked and traced and all the rest of it. Hmm? And this is the next part of it for the, for the WEF and the Club of Rome, is this part you're going through today. And they will bring through the... You'll, be, you'll see it. If, if it was a true revolution, you'll see. Something that was really spontaneous or even well-planned and completely different outside the realms of the con- present controllers, uh, they would be hammering away at WEF and the Club of Rome and all the rest of them are going to manage the, the, the aftermath of this. 
And who are going to manage their, their whole rationing system after all the chaos and the big financial collapse? It's all planned, obviously. And uh, but they won't go after those characters only. Uh, they'll be they'll be they'll go along with it all too. Once all the main things have been achieved, you see, which is destruction, end of of uh, individual liberty. We have to be into collectivism then. Be told what you're going to be and go and live where you're going to be told to live, and designated to live. If they allow you to live, be alive alive to live <laughs> at all. It all depends. And it's a new regimented system. That's what it is. And the people who are helping you to bring it all past, they know they see a utopia, some strange kind of magical thing will come along and, and people will just be wonderful to each other. And then it, it won't happen that way. So they'll suddenly see commissars and, and their own courts just suddenly appear magically again. Uh, and then, then they'll all be different ones be put up on trial for, for not being firm enough, you see. And dogmatic enough, and a true comrade believer, they won't be have enough of it, and you'll start to see these 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 trials go on as they turn on each other. This is what the the ones who cause it all be way above that, you see, but the ones who follow all are then put in trial themselves and put off the gulags because they, 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 it's already understood. If you've turned, if you have turned, here's the key to it: uh, to, to the system that you're living under at the moment. If you've turned on it. To enable another group to take over, right? Uh, then you can't be trusted by the other group. But you've turned on your own country, regardless of what is done. And they can't trust you either. I hope you understand. This isn't this isn't scare stuff. This is a fact. This is how it works. And everyone is known. We've lived through this whole idea of extraordinary rendition when the the the, the, the group ruling us. Has, has, has all off to war, all the countries off to war, to fight across the Middle East and Afghanistan, uh, uh, pre-planned, of course, before 9-11, by the, this, the group who published it all. <laughs> and um, again, facts don't matter. It doesn't matter that, that, that the General uh, Mackenzie was out with uh, the, 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 talking about the list on democracy now, and he's up on YouTube. He said, I didn't believe there's a whole list of different countries taken. But uh, that doesn't matter. Facts don't matter, you see. Uh, when there's plans, everything's a plan. Everything's part of the agenda. Do you really think the big characters that run the world allow things like this to happen? No, they, they, they make things like this happen and they use them and they'll direct them. That's how it is. Because they want the world to go into a more organized, managed system, uh, which is more efficient to manage the public. This is what they want. And the chaos, or even the death and destruction that cause it—it doesn't matter. That's 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 what old David Rockefeller talked about. He was in the CIA. He was in everything. He had the CFR and trilaterals at one point, but he was in the the CIA too. He actually lent them money for black projects. They talk about it in their books. <laughs> actually, guys who worked there in the CIA at the time. And he says, well, he says, you know, you, you, all these different things that happen in society, the public are ignorant of what happens, he says. But that's what he's referring to, at least. And, and he says, you know, you, you, here's what we want to happen in the world. And he says, and, and you, 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 there'd be a lot of chaos and fallout from it. He says, but he says, you know, you can't make an omelette without breaking eggs. So what you're seeing now is just eggshells, the, the chaos in the streets and that, and, and the rioting. 
but that will be taken care of by those who who are managing it and and say now it's time to go into the next phase. You see, that's how things really work. Most people won't listen to it; doesn't matter. And uh, and youngsters, as I say, they love to belong to something for the first time. Most of the people really uh, feel alienated at school. They may have one or two people they, they knock around with, but they, they still don't really, uh, they're not part of, uh, uh, they're still growing up. Big thing is you're growing up. It doesn't, it doesn't excuse things. I mean, you can still kill folk quite easily if you're part of a radical movement and you're still growing up. And that's why they use young guys for the military, of course. But but regardless, uh, they're still growing up and they want to belong to something where they're a part of something. And folk are a part of something, which is awfully strong. Why do you think that you get so many movies on war, fictional movies, and, and it's always your country, it's always in the right, and yada, yada, yada. It doesn't matter what country is showing them, it's the same, it's the same formula for the movie. Uh, your guys are the heroes, they're good guys. And, and, and the, the truth is, in reality... This is a this is a fact because your psychology is a big part of it. Behaviorism is a big big part of it, and how we we are as human beings. Uh, look at all the, the the veterans clubs in all countries, down through the last hundred and fifty years or so. And and the guy, well, the guys when they get together have a great time. It's it's the only time when when their lives were on the line. And it was live or die, and you didn't, you didn't know what it was going to be. That, that, that what it did to their, their mindset, they'll never forget. They'll never, they'll never ever um, look back on it. They could never go back and criticize it, most of them, anyway. They can't do it. The initial propaganda of the reason for the, whatever war it was is stuck with them. It's always simplistic stuff, and it works, and it's embedded there because they've got to believe in it after what they've been involved in, what they did themselves, you see. And this is well understood by behaviorists. Well understood. And, uh, and they will. The, 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 the guys will hang up to the end. The brotherhood that they're, they're involved with uh, will be their pals, you see. They were there with them. Because it's the only time in their lives they felt part of something. Regardless of the outcome of what they were involved in and what it maybe did that was detrimental to the whole of society in the long run. Doesn't matter. And it happens in every country, no matter what side folk are on. So it's all well understood, and as I say, Besmanov talked about it too, and how they must always round up the ones in the forefront, and not the leaders itself, but the ones who, are, who, who work with the leaders from the group, the followers. And they're the ones who, who get arrested and, and pay the price. And the leaders simply disappear off and have new identities, etc. Uh, often in other countries. Well paid, too. That, that's how the world really is run. And the last folk that they want to know are the ones who are being used to, to, to bring in the next stage of the, the post-consumerist society. First was post-industrial. That's what Maurice Strong was all about. It must end industry in the West. Well, we're already doing that. The guys he worked with, and the Rockefellers. It was Rockefeller. Remember, it picked him up, and initially gave him all the power in the world to do what he did, and backed him, etc. 
the post post industrialism and to bring the world back to a stage before the 20th century. Now, before the 20th century, I hope you understand, once you're in austerity and poverty and energy restrictions, uh, the death rate escalates at a heck, of a, a heck of a pace, believe you me. And this is what they want to bring back, eh? And that's what the young folks are, are going to see. And they're bringing it in, thinking they're going to have this wonderful utopia. No, you're, you're, getting, you're going to bring in exactly what the elite want. But getting back to extraordinary rendition, and here's another thing: never, never forget this. The techniques never change, down through time, from from very um, light psychological techniques to, to heavy ones, to to deep narcosis and so on. The techniques to get information out of people, and never mind human nature itself. When it, when it comes to the crunch, and they go after members. When horrific things have happened, you see, that's when, and the public won't mind then because there's been horrific things that have happened. When they go after some member, no one is safe then. They, they took part in it. No one. All their names are out in the open. And the, all the plea deals come in. Okay, we'll let you off with so and so if you just tell us who, who your, your immediate groups were and so on, who they were. Yadi, yadi, yadi. And people sing. They sing. And that's without the torture. And if they want to go into torture, then you see them releasing. And because they must always get rid of those they've used to bring in the phase of it, you see, once they've accomplished the mission. I hope you understand what I'm saying here. Some might listen, some might not. And, um, and, and because there's so much psychology involved, and, all, and I've, I haven't mentioned all the re- other reasons for it too. I've said before that in the 70s I had the same feeling and into the 80s, the same feeling of a strange um, it's like a lack of purpose that was permeated the air it's like H.G. Wells talked about and others talked about before World War I and then World War II he said it was in the air everybody knew it was coming we just, we didn't, you know but we, 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 we felt you were outside of the causing of it uh, but you were, you know, you were going to be part of it, and it was in the air. It was inevitable. That's what you felt. But also, the same, the same feeling can be when a, an economy is changing drastically. And you, and and again, it's like today when you when you see fires all over different parts in U.S. cities, and and people by the hundreds getting bust in, well well financed and well organized and trained, you know, to do what they're going to do. Um, when you see it all happening, you know this is to lead somewhere else, but from from what they're telling you. And as I say, it goes to WEF and austerity and yada 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 and the club of Rome and all the other top groups that work with them. It's what they want. Well, it's been in the air for a long time. In the seventies, when they were destroying the the, the, the economies, the, the traditional economies in Britain, say. And and Maggie Thatcher, when she got in, she said that the generation is, is growing up now, they'll never see work in their lifetime. This is before you heard of universal basic income. Huh? That all these different trial runs beforehand and to iron out the problems and so on. And at that time, they tried to, to they opened up all the pubs all day long. And she said it's better to have them inside the pubs spending their welfare money they're on the streets marching and rioting. 
she didn't invent that, this idea of how you manage. No, it's, it's intelligence agencies. It's old stuff, how we do it. And today, of course, they're using massive quantities of drugs and all kind of things. And also the COVID scare. Well, you can't go out anymore to stay home and get drunk or something, you see. All things working together at the same time. Not by coincidence. Never, never by coincidence. Never, ever. <laughs> so you're living through a plant. So that's what the, the feeling you felt in the air back then when all that was happening. That... Uh, there's a I, I had to there's a void a void in the ether you might say you sensed it of your existence and that's what's here today again we've had that for a while now too after free trade for for years with China set up by the same folk at the WEF who are running this show to bring you into austerity who gave all all of the because it was because it's your corporations over to China to make things cheap for them, to get a bigger profit, and to do away with the work in the West. So naturally, there's this kind of, wow, where do we go from here? All these millions, it isn't thousands, there's millions of folk put at work that all through the Americas, for instance, that worked in factories. Written off, you know, just like that, boom. By the same folk who, who, are, who are sitting, smiling that this, this agenda for post-consumerism now, post doesn't mean you're not going to consume. It means it's going to be restricted and planned uh, by specialists to make it more efficient for those at the top. A rationing system. Guaranteed payments, by the way, as always, by anybody who's left working. Because they'll be given huge handouts, and already are, to folk who will never be working. So that the workers, or the people who are not working, can, can buy all the goodies, or any goodies that are still allowed to, to be bought, uh, and the guaranteed payments by the governments from the taxpayer. That's what, that's what the big elite have wanted for so long. They love socialism, commun- dash communism, expertly run societies, birth to death, and cradle to grave, and all that kind of stuff. They love it because it's efficient, and they're guaranteed to have everything they make, including their vaccines, bought and paid for by the governments. Isn't that amazing? Eh? And so the, the so the anti-fascists are encouraging fascism <laughs> by not going after all the rest of it. Eh? And, and that's how crazy things are at the moment. So if you're a follower and you and it's four legs good and two legs bad, then you wait and see. You know, you, you will just. I don't have uh, I don't have any dogs in the fight here because I stand outside history to an extent and watch it. I knew before Donald Trump got in that the people in America had nobody really to vote for. Who were you going to vote for? The same system that was ongoing, that had you involved in a 30-year war across Afghanistan and the Middle East. Because don't forget, the first one started with Kuwait. Then the 10-year no-flyovers and build up of American military across there, getting ready for the next phase. 9-11 came along, they were all ready for Afghanistan before it happened, and, and Iraq too, and all the other countries are on the list. They're still at it now too, using proxy armies and everything else. So, uh, the people in the West are, are just fed up with it all. We, we are fed up with it. Of course we're fed up with it. We're sick of it. And you're watching uh, the, the GDP of the U.S. getting plastered across the world. 
as the folk literally are stagnant in wages and work at home for years. It wasn't just there. Canada was exactly the same. Stagnant wages for years and years. Then when, you, when eventually, like 20 years later, they give them an increase up to, up to I suppose, a basic income, it, it's still worth less than, ever, than, than 20 years ago. But when purchasing power, because the dollar has dropped in value so much that you need an awful lot more dollars to get the same basic stuff. We're, we're, we're played like you wouldn't believe. We're played, aren't we? And nothing changes, because the same characters that run the whole financial system will run it after this whole uh, big change. Once they call off the leaders, off the, off the revolutionaries, as, as they'd call them, and they call them off, and, they're in, and then you're, you've already come into the next phase, you see, of the system, and you call off the revolutionary leaders, and they, they disappear and meld off in different areas. And then you, you, you'll see that you're not getting your utopia after And the same characters are always in charge of it. They are all equally poor, as you're all paying now for the basic, the basic uh, necessities, guaranteed to be paid by you all. <laughs> that's taken back off your basic income as a wage. It's take, it, in the Canada, this, if you get unemployment benefits or even welfare, you get taxed on it. <laughs> so it's the same kind of thing You'll be given a universal basic income That'll get taxed too And that tax will be just skimmed off To pay for uh, Well everybody can't get the same as you So we're going to make, we're going to pay for it all for everybody You see Yeah, There you go And guaranteed payment So they can jack up the price all the time Guaranteed payment when the government's using your money To pay for it for the private corporations That's what happens. And the whole idea of using ethnic groups to battle it out was done in the early 20th century in the States. And they already picked and trained some of their early leaders in the States that eventually fell out with them. (laughs) And and in fact, they turned against the trainers when they realized they were getting used to create a war inside America. Repetition, eh? Just repetition. And, and, and of course the followers think, but you know, this time we'll get it right. Well, really, really, huh? what does right mean? What does right mean? So again, I generally speak to individuals. I've always said that from the time I started because the people who want to follow groups and, and so on will do so regardless and fall into the same traps over and over. And what we don't have enough today is, is, is not group mentality, it's individualistic mentality. I can remember the United Nations, again, don't forget too, that has the, the, the facade, uh, it's an outward demonstration of being communist, see, socialist communist. But in reality, don't forget it was set up by, again, the richest folk that ran the British Empire. From the Lord Alfred Milner group, the League of Nations, to the Royal Institute of International Affairs, all the same group that gave you the present structure that's all for bringing in. And it also gave the WEF, by the way, and the Club of Rome, their think tanks, who are bringing in the next part of the system. Same group, same people. And it'll be to their benefit to the top. Of course it will be. Of course it will be. Now, the psychological technique, too, that the communists use is confusion. Remember that the general population just sit and try to, they try to, they're fed, spoon fed the stuff by media. What do you think or believe or whatever, even though it doesn't make much sense to them. And especially when you're seeing, there's so much video footage out there 
uh, and admissions by members of Antifa and so on, or how well organized and well financed they are. And, and how they have got into, you see them going into some towns and, and, and our cities, and, 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 and they've already selected the streets before they go in, and they start burning and looting and so on. That's out there, you can't deny it, just not actors doing that. I mean, <laughs> unless they're paying millions of bucks to millions of actors. But anyway, you're seeing it. But the general public have been told by the mainstream media that obviously must be giving them clips of this stuff occasionally. And they're still calling it just protests. This is not protests. These are not protests at all. And at least the ones you're seeing there, the violent ones, definitely. And it's the same memes too, destroy the past. It's all communist techniques, destroy the past for a new era. And you begin at year zero again. You see, that's what I was given, year zero. Here's the new normal. Here's the new beginnings. Eh? And we're witnessing it all. Come to, come to pass. But again, the, the general public are confused. They can't, because they, they can't figure it out themselves. Why would these people with straight faces that they've watched for years, these newscasters, continuously come on and tell them that it's protests? Why do they keep using the same terminology? Huh? Well, it's because the, the, the richest folk on the planet, again, own the media. <laughs> That's what they're telling you. And they're all part of it. They're all giving their marching orders. Of course they are. Huh? Always. And because it's a, it's a whole new system that's supposed to get brought in from this. I hope you understand what I'm saying here. And it's not what the, the ones at the bottom think is going to be. It's going to be a new organized, uh, efficient system of technocracy on behalf of the, the global elite you know, who will live in their own utopia, like a, like a plane above us almost. Uh, I can't remember that movie they made. It was some years, but it wasn't that great really. But it was about a time when a... Uh, there'd be this kind of artificial satellite in space, like a land, and all the elite would, would go there back and forth, and you have to be awfully good uh, to get to live there, where it wasn't cramped and crowded. But on the planet, it was all the working class living in squalor, and, and uh, I can't remember what, the, what it was called, but um, again, it wasn't that, that well done, really. You could have done more with that one. But it was to give you the idea of, of, where, of the system that's coming in. Because elite will live in a different plateau of existence to, to the extent than the rest of us down below. That's what it's about. And gradually the population will be brought down and down. And uh, they even have figures and timelines for it being brought down by X percent and X percent and X percent. And I remember reading that years ago from the Department of Defense again. And one of their, their big think tanks, where they, every, every other year they would come out with the big uh, projections for the years up to 2040 and beyond that and so on. And how by 2030, they said, I think it was, uh, the population would suddenly de- decrease. Didn't say why, but they just said it would, it would do that. Um, and had different dates for different uh, reduction rates, etc. So it's uh, it's all planned that way, you know. And they have, these characters are given incredible data feeds <laughs> that you'll never see of the, the facts and figures of the present real facts and figures. And the real ones, not the ones we get dished out to the public on every possible topic and so on. And they work with the futurist societies, organizations that the big characters um, employ and pay awfully well for their projections. 
and the same futurists often work with policymakers across the world when asked to do so on behalf of the elite and uh, and with intelligence agencies as well. So nothing spontaneous, nothing happens by itself, and uh, the public never catch on, and they're kept in this limbo of of trying to figure out what's really going on, and they can't believe that so many, again, respectable media characters are telling them blatant lies after they've just shown them footage of burnings and and stuff like that, you know. It's quite something, isn't it? Most folk can't imagine get their heads around the fact that the media is part of the collusion to, to, to the incredible nth degree of all. They can't really get their heads around that. Uh, as as riots uh, and uh, terrible riots uh, uh, have been happening, uh, there's quite a time to, to be alive and watch this kind of thing happen, occurring, and and folk being in uh, literally shock. And they can't really figure things, and still, folk hope they can get back to some kind of normalcy. Even and the clues are given to you all the time, even with Fauci and others. They give you these 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 statements that are down, used down through time. After nine eleven, it came out uh, before the dust cloud settled uh, of, of who their target was going to be, right? Osama bin Laden, and uh, and then it was followed by uh, one of the, the the members of the CFR actually saying things will never be the same again. Covid breaks out, and you hear uh, Fauci. Oh, things will not go back to normal again. It'll be the same again. No, nope. never, eh? Wasn't that rather a, 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 a comment, an amazing comment, be given uh, over something they were supposedly just starting to understand? Hadn't even understood yet. Never be the same again, he says. They're, they're telling you they're part of something much bigger, and the whole thing is some is, is a part of something much bigger than what you think it is. It's a big plan. Of course, it's a big plan. And honestly, uh, I don't. <laughs> I have no confidence at all uh, after reading about the vaccination companies involved in this and the, and the actual uh, alteration of gene, uh, the genes in your body. This this new type of vaccine at all. No. And Gates has been trying to push this one for years. This particular type of vaccine is completely different from the old kinds. It will alter your DNA in your body. Well, no, thank you. No. Uh, from coming from a eugenicist like Bill Gates, eh? uh, it gives you a lot of faith. He also wants to reduce the population drastically. Well, no thanks, no thanks, no. And uh, where where is the anti-fascism about mandatory vaccination, mandatory payment? No, these are not free vaccines across the planet. No, you were paying for them all and for everybody else. Uh, where's where's the anti-fascists when this is pure fascism, as I've said before? Uh, where corporations are, are, are going to get um, governments to mandate by law everybody take their product. Huh? No, no, no. Little clues, little clues like that tell you. I hope the anti-fascist followers are listening to this. Kind of, they should be listening to... Doesn't that give you a little clue or, uh, who's really behind all of this? Because if your leaders aren't protesting that, mandatory vaccinations from corporations that have... Horrific records, some of them, these, some of these companies, eh? To give you an experimental thing that's going to change the, the DNA makeup in, in your cellular structure and epithelial tissue? Huh? Permanently? But no, no whimper about that. 
I have often been astounded at some of the things that people really believe in. And, and people I know, in fact. I can remember one fellow I knew who had fallen for the whole Anne Rand idea years ago. And had all her books and belonged to a society in, in the U.S. that kind of were followers for for the independent movement, for individualism, he thought, you know. And, and, I, and I, I said, you know, because you got to stand outside of things often. I really mean that. Most folk can't get out of it if you're emotionally involved in something. But um, I said, do you realize that, that Anne Rand belonged to a wealthy family, you know, and, and, and of course that was a pseudonym she used and so on, came from Russia, uh, had a, she was a mistress to a stack of very, it was only a very important folk, mind you, you see, because that went along with her idea of, of special and success and, and winners, you see, as opposed to the losers. And that's what she had in all the novels that she, she went on about. But she, uh, she didn't, he was a working guy, this guy, you know, a working class guy. American working class guys generally are better off than working class guys in Britain for a long time. But still, I mean, he was still a working class guy. I, I said, you know, do you like your system and so on? Yeah, yeah. And he liked the, 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 his own little plot and, 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 and the, in the shape of things, you know. His little plot of ground, I should say, it wasn't much, but it was, it was enough. And he liked it and he liked his life and his family and all that. And um, I said, Anne Rand, I says, would do away with you. And that kind of floored him and... and uh, I says, yeah, she's, she's not talking about you that likes your little place and you, know, you like your tobacco and you like a uh, drink once in a while and, and you like your family and your wife and so on. Uh, I said, uh, she's talking about the ultra-elite. Her books are about folk who broke all the rules of, of, of what you would call uh, the, the generally accepted rules of society, the cultural rules. The, the so-called pioneers that would break free of all the, and do amazing architecture and stuff like even if they're all twisted buildings would fall apart or be just dumb and stupid didn't make any difference right as long as you, they you just broke all the rules to be different you see and um, winners and and that's where that's what she was she and who she mixed with was the guys like Roth she was a, she was a mistress of one of the Rothschilds for a while you know these aren't just average punters. And here's the key to it. I, I said, there's two, there's two sides of everything. It's always the same two sides. Of, I, I said, you've got the characters who bring you communism with this strange idea that you're all, that you're all part of the big collective and you'll be treated equally because you're just ordinary folk. That's, that's how you see it. But the ones who rule it all are the ones who are not ordinary folk. They're the well-educated, awfully, awfully incredibly rich folk at the top, you see. Because it's different. But getting back to the whole... So anyway, the idea of communism is for the ordinary folk, you see. Who are sold on an idea that every, all the ills of the world, including your own personal ills, or whatever your problems are personally too, will be cured by this ideology. Because often there's a lot of unresolved problems in the people themselves. That's life. That's general life, you see. They all get fixed when you have a cause and a purpose, you see. And, and then you have the Anne Rand 
who was on the side of the groups like the WEF and all the international characters that run the financial systems and globalization, as they called it, all their meetings, they called it globalization meetings that they held back in the 90s and through the early 2020s and so on. So that's really what she was standing up for, for the ones who had it all already, because they didn't follow basic rules, and when they did strokes of a pen, it could collapse economies or build other economies up or whatever. Uh, you had no input into that at all. These were the these were the, the captains of industry, the captains of this, the navigators of society, and the direction of society. This is what she was stood up for, and he, no one had explained that part to him before. Because in some of her novels, she had nothing but dis- disdain for the ordinary folk. <laughs> when you thought through them, eh? They were primitive and collectivist and, you know, even if they weren't really, you know. But the ones she mixed with were the ones who had sunk nations. And and, and often financed wars that were not good for the nations and so on. You know, and profited from them too. So, it, it, you know, you got to stand outside things and don't fall for them. And don't, don't see, it's, as, it's just as bad falling for the left-wing idea. That again, all your all your personal ills will be fixed. All those things that make you insecure or there's something you're missing or whatever are going to be fixed when you because of the cause you're now involved in left wing. It's just the same as as the as what you call the far far right wing of superior groups of the ultra elite. <laughs> because you either are really one of them at the ultra elite or you're not. You see, there's no in between there. Class distinction is very self-evident. It really, it really does exist, even in the communist countries, the old ex-communist countries, that the class distinction there too. Even the Cobbs were had class distinction. They treat you, the peasant differently from the Politburo characters and so on. So yeah, it's just amazing to to watch all this come to pass, and folk think that some big movement is going to. Fulfill everything that's lacking in their lives. All these, all the, all the things that Bernays talked about. Don't forget, Bernays was part of a revolutionary movement too, and uh, with his uncle uh, Sigmund Freud. Eh? It was a war on society in the Western culture too. That's what Freud said himself when he was coming into America, into New York Harbor. He said on the ship, he said that and reporters were there, and he says, "No, they're going to help America." No, he says, "No," he says, "I'm coming to to help destroy their the system." And of course, that developed into other schools, you might say, and they were pushed up across the world, and everything's wrong inside you, you see. So he just fix you by doing this, this, and this, and and then Bernays, his nephew, who was already a big player in, in advising American governments, went to work in America, and by understanding his uncle's theories on the subconscious, you know, and uh, how to motivate people using their desires and all these things which they're unaware of themselves, these, these swirling emotions that they can't really put into words at times, and that's what he used against them. It wasn't just for advertising, that was a big part of it, it was also for, for war. He was an instrumental, he was given the task by the Wilson group, the President Wilson, of... Um, trying to get people involved uh, so they could get them ready psychologically so they'd be pro-war for the First World War and get them in at the end. And that was necessary too, by the way. And interesting enough, because the Warburgs already ran the American Federal Reserve and another Warburg, their brother, was working in Germany. 
and uh, he uh, they wanted to make sure that all, all the countries that were involved in the wars that they didn't want would be made to pay off the debts. This is astonishing stuff, really. This is history. It's not conspiracy theory. You can read about it themselves in the books about them back from economists and so on. But yeah, people, as I say at the time, never figure out they're getting let up the garden pass, you know. Never figure out. And it's the same, too, with uh, little bits and pieces. You, know, you can always come out with the truth years later. It doesn't matter, because folk, uh, it's, the, it's the immediacy of the emotional upset that causes a problem at the time, in the present, you know, when it happens. Years later, folks, oh, well, you know, you know, they either shut it off because bad memories, or it's like a, it's, it's like a dream, a, different, a strange dream that they've had in the past. That's how they see things. And uh, people forget that, for instance, in Britain, they had uh, huge miners' strikes. Now, there's no doubt about it in Britain at that time, too, in, uh, in the working-class systems and so on. But the miners were so essential at one time to the whole economy and the military of Britain, because ships, remember, up until um, they got the diesel going and then even nuclear-powered ones for military, uh, were dependent on coal. Uh, that was the, for all industry used coal. And coal was the the, the, the basic uh, energy source for heating every house in the country at one time. And so it was essential. So they had power. They, they got power when they, when they had climbed up to achieve it and had their unions. But always with the unions, you, have, you, you get these infiltrators there for the communists, you see. And there's a stage you get to where you've got to be careful what you do. When you know the coal, coal is, isn't, there's other alternatives to coal when that's happened. And they kept pushing and pushing, and they, they hated Thatcher, of course, Maggie Thatcher. She knew what was going on, too. Who, by the way, Maggie Thatcher was the first one who fell, who fell for the idea of using well, climate change and global warming. Huh? And her advisor to get that at the time was Lord Moncton. <laughs> Astonishingly, how people tend to forget these things. And uh, this would be a good tactic to get voters on board with them to get in. Oh. But anyway, yeah, the miners uh, were, kept, kept pushing and pushing, and then eventually they went on strikes and strikes and strikes. They'd already been closing lots of mines for, for years, mind you, because they had, uh, had North Sea uh, gas coming in, natural gas, they called it, and, uh, and other ways of heating themselves. But anyway, um, the miners didn't stop. And what you often find with, with radicalized movements at the top, radicalized at the top, uh, they, um, they keep pushing and they don't know when to, to draw back a bit or to stop and just think a bit. And they kept pushing until literally they put themselves out of business. They had big, massive riots with the miners who saw it, and what rightfully so, as an end of a, of an e- a massive era. I mean, the miners have been digging the coal mines in Britain for probably a couple of centuries, at least probably a little longer than that in certain areas. But um, it was suddenly coming to an end. It was outside of there. And that put lots, so many folk out of work and all the, all the other industries that supplied mines, etc., all put out of work, small businesses and medium businesses and bigger businesses, all put out of work, you know. And how she did it too... And folk never get their heads around these things. If if you were truly in a cold war, if, if folk would just stop and think once now, if you're truly in a cold war, right? 
why would would you, as a, as a conservative government, start importing coal to bypass the miners from a communist country? And Poland at the time was communist. And that's what she did. Folk never think it. Where's this strange collusion that you have that can suddenly bypass all the, all the, all the different ideologies? Eh? That's what happened. Eh? So Maggie Thatcher colluded with the communists to put the miners out of business, and that the radicalized leaders of the mines lost the whole battle because they were too radicalized. Some of them, absolutely. I can remember Scargill, I think it was Scargill, who was the head of one of the big unions in Britain, Arthur Scargill. And I think he eventually got knighted. I wouldn't be surprised if he did, you know, because the, the communists love to get knighted as well. And Arthur Scargill, I can remember it was in the papers that uh, he, he, <laughs> he'd rebuked his daughter uh, because she was engaged to get married to an Australian miner, a young guy. Uh, and and Arthur thought it was beneath her to to marry an ordinary an ordinary lowly class miner. <laughs> I tell you, eh? human nature indeed. Also, yeah, you certainly have snobbery uh, once once big money comes in. It's very quick to evolve, you know. And the stratas uh, suddenly emerge: the novi rich and the, and the already rich and the old rich and so on. And it never leaves society as part of human nature, unfortunately. And um, as I say, the Politburo and the Soviet system had their big dash houses in the country. They got access to these things along the, the Plato idea, you see, of the Republic. And they didn't have to own them. They had the use of them. And they were staffed with servants because they love servants. You know, communists love servants. All, all leaders love servants and so on. As I said, Besmanov said the same thing, that he defected. Many others like him had defected because it wasn't because of the lacked anything in the West. They had all the same items they could purchase quite easily and cheaply for them. And all the luxuries that they had were equivalent to all the counterparts in the West in government. But the dashers in the country for Politburo and they go hunting and all that stuff and wonderful trips. They can get, go abroad and do amazing tours and trips and stuff. And just the general population couldn't do it, you see. So there's immediate strata of superior types and inferior types and ordinary types, and and that's how things really work. Eh? Never fails; always comes out to be the same way. But followers during revolutionary times always think like that silly song that the Beatles put out. I think Paul McCartney put out. Um, Those were the days eh? when they picked uh, what's her name? It's just a, a Welsh singer at the time, young girl, Hopkins, Mary's Mary Hopkins. To sing, those were the days, my friend. We thought it'd never end. You know, it was a bit revolution, because they understand perfectly well. That's what. That's all they'll remember their entire life is their part in something that was bigger than themselves, uh, even though it never, it never comes out to be what they'd ever expected to really be, something that would make them happy. See, that's what really people are lacking: is this internal peace and happiness. Yeah, you get all the physical things you're lacking too, but internal peace and happiness is not going to get uh, rectified because you go out and start slaughtering folk. And I expect those that you're following to turn around and somehow some, they'll be benevolent towards you. 
again back to Bernays, always comes back to the techniques of Bernays and and those that were going to destroy the system, eh? Understand the subconscious desires, the motivations of people, and then you can manipulate them without them even knowing they're being manipulated. But that means you can be used very easily to fill a void that everyone feels. But it doesn't, it doesn't, it never gets rectified, you see. It doesn't get rectified. I can remember looking at the the studies that were done years ago on communes, a big, big phase in California and the warmer areas across the U.S. was uh, communes in the hippie era and in the post-hippie era too. And how um, there's peace, love, and goodwill, and all that kind of thing. That's what that's what they're all taught. And of course, drugs helped a lot. And how um, we all share and share alike. You know, the flower children, old idea, very old in fact. Getting back all the way to Peter the Hermit and the poor children then, they really had nothing much to look forward to. Most of them getting used. But in the hippie era, they they were really a regurgitation of the the wandering folk of Germany. 1920s and early 30s, similar things, you know, they had uh, uh, back to nature in the country, camp wherever you were, and tried to find food on the trees or in the grass or somewhere in vegetation, and you don't live happily, and you could be nude when you wanted to be nude too, and all that free love came into it, you see, old idea, same things are always pushed by those who rule, because uh, they know the formula again, Plato gave the formula, right? And uh, getting back to, uh, before I just finished that last part, I was thinking about too with Plato, because Plato came into that too, was the idea of uh, Politburos. The difference between the ordinary folk and the Politburos, or your commissar, call them what you want. Huh? Because they're, they're all, they're, folk can't recognize things when they see the same things happening. They're given a different name. So simple, isn't it? So anyway, you had the, the, the Plato idea in the Republic, you know, in the, the book, you know, the Republic. The writings of Plato, where he talked about the perfect society, and I, I idealized fashion, right? How you could breed folk for certain occupations uh, by selective—they'd be selected for they'd be mated up by professionals, and, and this is like a long, long time ago, folks, you know. And right down to breeding the right kind of uh, like a mathematician married to another ma- mathematician might bring out a, a mathematician as a child. And the same thing with a, for a, a bureaucrat. Huh? So you'd meet them together and you'd have generations of the same stock running the country. Uh, but also military, you bring women into the military and then you'd have them marry, marry and mate. And uh, it, it, even marriage wouldn't even be necessary, I suppose, if the state was taking care of everything. Old ideas, eh? All for, for the this, uh, perfection of the system to be more efficient. And so you'd always be guaranteed a good stock once you'd selected the real stock and all the bad ones were weeded out or died off or been killed off. You would have the, the right stock for each different profession or trade or whatever it happened to be. But he also said uh, to the... Fo- he always did it in dialogue form. Well, you, it was, it was a, a kind of a imaginary dialogue with whomever he, he would mention throughout his talks. And he'd say that, um, would you like a big building, and a, a beautiful big home? And Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. And he'd say then, um, well, you know, you'd have to, you'd need an awfully good income to to pay for all that, you know, to, for you to pay for the uh, the building it and and repairs and upkeep and 
and uh, you won't be wealthy. Oh, yeah, we're really wealthy. Well, you, you need a lot of staff and guards and stuff to guard this stuff because folk want to rob it then, eh? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right there. And then, too, you, you want to, to have um, kind of parties for, for the established order to come in and visit and so on. And, of course, it costs money to feed them and cooks and all the rest of it. And, yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true. Uh, why not? Rather than you have to get in, bring, earn all this money and then worry about folks stealing stuff and so on or getting burned down and losing it all, why not have the public pay for it for you? So you're, you're, you're essential to the state. You're one of the, 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 the elite, you see, and essential to the function of the state. So you need a place to entertain people and to live. You can't live in an ordinary hovel like the peasants, you see. So... Uh, we get the peasants to pay for all through taxation, and uh, and then of course you can you can have that great, a great, beautiful big building. You'll never have to sit and worry about repairing anything. It'll all be taken care of. Even if it's if it's partly burned or destroyed, they'll rebuild it all for you and replace it. What cost you a penny? They'll pay for all the staff and servants, and isn't that a better way to have? And here you have it all there, out there today, folks. Eh? It's the same kind of, don't you understand, don't you understand that, that everything that's happening now was talked about a long, long time ago. And of course Plato also said that, uh, so you, you go through a phase like that, he was, he was talking about different systems of, of commerce, capitalism, pure capitalism. And, uh, and then democracy that always came in when capitalism had ridden a high for a while. And then democracy, democracy always led eventually to socialistic or social or communism, which led to anarchy and chaos and deprivation, and and, and uh, inefficient techniques to 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 flow goods and food and everything else, and so out of that comes uh, the, the tyrant. You know, you have to elect a tyrant, put him in charge. Uh, the, the, the true fascist idea, but a real tyrant. Who will come and save the people? That's what happens. this is the cycle you go through. Right? That's what happens. But again, getting back to as I mentioned before, with uh, the wandering folk from Germany and so on, uh, they, they they tried it with with, with uh, in the warmer climates, as I've said, in the states especially. Uh, it's kind of hard to go naked at times uh, when it's in the middle of the snow, and. Um, they brought in gurus from India as a big, big part of the plan too to help destroy the idea of, of say, a Christian perspective because it was part of the culture. So you get rid of that altogether and bring in a, a new idea of mysticism where anything and everything is possible, at least on paper or inside your head. Or in, and, uh, and you can certainly agree with it if you're stoned at the time probably, and that's about it. But that these big experiments, often backed, definitely funded by, again, this strange organization, the CIA, you know, that runs all the color of revolutions. I've no doubt it's got a big hand in the present one, too. And uh, and they studied it so well. Even Charles Manson, remember, had, had there were cameras installed by the FBI watching his little uh, area, I won't call them compounds, but where the folk would just... Uh, or buried down stuff that is part of that whole operation is we're spying on all the people using sex and drugs and so on. And uh, but anyway, he's one of many. But what you find with communes is always this is without exception. You, you all start off as equal, and you have a bunch of yeah, we'll all agree with this, this, and this, and this. You see, and then you 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 you'll find that folk will pair off with, with for sex. You see, they'll pair off. 
And but then you always get the same things coming into it because you're all free and you're all in love and everything's okay, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you'll get indiscretions here in the sexual areas or the whole idea that you, it's, it's all free and no one will get jealous doesn't last too long and disputes happen. That's human nature, you see. But then again, you also have uh, another thing happening. It doesn't matter who votes for whom to be a leader or for any span of time. There's always someone who wants to take over that position by, again, using those psychopathic techniques to start to, did you know what he's doing in his spare time? No, I didn't know. He's taking more food than the rest of you and, and taking more sexual mates than the rest of you. Oh, I didn't know that. Whoever it is, they'll use all oh, this as an excuse. And that's what they use to sow discord, to try and get the, the mob again to, get, to rebel against the ruler. The same thing happens over and over again, just like it was happening today. And um, so it's a, it's a vie for power, constant vying for power, you see. And challenging those in charge. And that's where they all eventually fell apart. And uh, luckily, I mean, some of them have come out, apart from the usual textbooks for the, for the, for the, for the intelligence agencies and so on to use, uh, there's some of them involved in it at the top and some of the bigger movements that have come out and admitted all that this is all true, this is what happened. It was impossible to keep the peace for any length of time because of rivalry. Uh, and that's human nature. Again, it's like, it's like a wolf pack, you know. And yeah, after they've all fed and they've all had their pecking order, because there's a definite pecking order, and the, but then there's also a definite uh, sexual pecking order too, and the wolf pack. But occasionally you get someone challenging the, the, the chief wolf, you see, and uh, uh, that ends in a disaster often for the one challenging them, but it's throughout nature, it seems. Sad but true. And that's why the only way, but they don't take any bit of peace at all is when uh, sometimes after uh, the tyrant comes in, sort it out to an extent, and then, then regardless of the tyrant's mo- methods or motives or, or movements even, you, you'll get a form of democracy coming back in for a little while with some scrutiny over those that get into power, as long as government's small enough to be watched. And then eventually it gets bigger and gets corrupt and so on. Because the same characters behind the scenes are always there. The ones who run the money understand it and say, you need us to help you because you just don't understand it. Because they can count magically too. They have magically accounting uh, tables which you've never seen before. So within society, within human nature, there's corruption. And the same techniques, if you understand these techniques of corruption, you can use them. And elites always use these things, these Bernese methods. To, to take down and remove and destroy and rebuild new types of societies that are planned that way, using people who are never aware that they're actually being used by outsiders or others outside their group. <laughs> never dawns on them. Never dawns on them. Yet those were the days, my friend, we thought they'd never end, eh? We'd fight and never lose, eh? But there you go, we're perfectly understood and the general public never, ever catch on if they're simply observers, or TV observers. Even when they're, they're, they are being gaslighted, they just never catch on. They can't figure it out. That's, that's the whole technique of gaslighting. Yeah. They convince you that, that what you're thinking is wrong, there's something wrong with you, it must be in your head. Because you, you could swore us off folk, you know, uh, attacking police and... and um, 
using these little flamethrower mortar, uh, so-called fireworks. These are not fireworks, these are explosives, big explosives. And uh, no, that's not a peaceful demonstration. But they're telling you it's peaceful. And the folk can't figure There's other ones too, they go into shock. It's another symptom of society. They go into a shock where they, 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 they can't imagine their old system suddenly just going like this. They can't imagine why it's not being stopped by what they think are the authorities that they've all paid for. And, and the shock is because the, the, those who are in authority aren't stopping anything. Really, that's how, that's how they see it. And so they psychologically have to, have to believe that some white knight's going to ride in eventually and, uh, and fix everything. And so you have, again, the psychological warfare operatives working out there to give you different uh, groups, fictitious or otherwise, that are in the background waiting to take over and, and make it all right. I can remember a woman years ago who had listened to me on the radio, and she called me, and she said, uh, she, was, she was quite right with certain, right on the ball with certain things that were happening, which were wrong at the time, Absolutely with rights getting taken away from the people, etc. And then but she was an elderly woman and then she went straight and then she went straight into Did you know that Jesus Christ is waiting to come back? He's living on a planet and blah 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 with an army of these characters and they're gonna ride in and fix all and I truly believed this. And I, I thought, where on earth did this one come from? They had gone off to, to, from the usual uh, idea of, of the Bible or Revelations, but gone off. The, Jesus was living on a planet somewhere, and she named the planet. I don't know if it was Nibiru or somewhere. Or, or it was probably that, f- that famous one, Zetariticula. It was famous for UFOs and everything for a while. But this is what. They, where did she get that from? Well, these things come out from agencies that play with us. Regardless of what you're into, if <laughs> your agencies involved playing with you. And you'll never know it. And then I realized, then I looked into it and I found out lots of folk were, had fallen for the same thing that had been put out there, eh? Yeah, everything's going to get fixed and rectified. Because folk panic when the things are in, in flux, you see. And so you wait for this, this, this uh, white rider to come in and, and fix it all, you know. Or Donald Trump at the end is just going to pull a rabbit out of the, the hat, you know. Or something like that. It's because folk see the system apparently collapsing with pretty well no resistance. And in fact, what they see is a lot of collusion from the very top of the financial institutions, from, as I say, all the big top corporations that are backing this and financing it all. What's happening? And their minds can't cope and understand this. The vast majority of the public have always been the peons. I don't care what kind of system it's called. That's what you are. And they'll, they'll, just like Rockefeller, they're again making the omelette once again, eh? And the omelette's been prepared, the, the menu, the, the, the ingredients and the recipe's been out there for years by the elite themselves. You're living through it, and uh, the chaos is all part of it, to bring in the new. Remember, folks, too, I've got to keep reminding myself to, that you can get the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Make a, a list as well of all my official sites in case anything goes down. And hopefully you still get, um, if, if I'm still <laughs> able to keep talking, I will. And you will get it of, on my main site or all the other sites. They're all main sites, really. And um, 
it's been a long slog. The reason I've got so many uh, sites up there is in the early days, I used to get hammered all the time. Uh, and my, uh, I've got slow, I've got, they're back to really gouging my speed now. I, I, can, my, I get time out, believe it or not, with, with exploring it now. When I'm reading news articles at 7 p.m. at night, uh, around that time, they just slow it right down. And I get timed out. So well, I, I, this is going right back to where I was in the beginning years ago, and that's why I got so many so many sites up because at times my sites were trees by the providers. So they're still up there anyway, and it's probably a good thing because at least it costs money, mind you. But at least uh, if one goes down, hopefully you can get my talks and the other. If I'm still able to talk, because things are changing quickly now, and. Uh, What's coming down and is authorised to come down is rather horrific, and uh, there's no doubt, no, no bones about it. Um, a time of anarchy that, that's managed by the elite themselves and desirable from their point of view. They're behind, of course, or it wouldn't happen at all. Believe you me, it wouldn't happen at all if the elite didn't want it. Uh, then during that time, they can eradicate a lot of uh, nuisances. In their agenda, they mentioned that too, using the COVID thing too. As you know, that uh, that during the, the event two hundred one, they actually. And by the way, it's no myth and conspiracy theory. You can you can see it all. I put up the links from their own meetings at Johns Hopkins months ago, where they actually said that, that there's a stage like one, two, three, four, five, and so. And 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 initially they'll, they'll just tut tut folk that 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 uh, that uh, have any opposing opinions on the whole COVID thing. And then they would step it up by punishing them, by, again, doing things with the internet, just like I'm getting right now. Uh, and then they'd move on to try to get financial penalties against them, or it just stop de- get stop funding coming in. Uh, and then go to step, and then they'll start arresting folk. Well, that'll go along with the, the anti-terrorism thing as well. Yeah. Years and years ago, I said that telling the truth would... An act of terrorism because George Orwell already said it, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And the utopias he was talking about. It's always a utopia you're, you're, you're buying into by causing chaos, you see. And to sort of paraphrase what you said, he said that under such utopias or such systems, basically, uh, telling the truth would be considered a revolutionary act. And it is, isn't it? It certainly is. That's how intolerant. Those who rule the system are that it has never changed down through the, the millennia. That's how the system really is. It's completely intolerant, and those who understand and manage and rule the system, the Machiavellian characters, they exist within every generation, and they train them now in universities and then higher universities for these specialized tasks on counterintelligence or intelligence and and uh, deception. Hmm? Awfully important. To understand that little part, but if you're a follower, uh, yeah, you're being, you're, you're being used absolutely. Mm-hmm. So again, the currentrymatrix.com, and as I say, you can uh, buy the books and discs or donate to me, and you see how to do it. There, you can use PayPal, you can use cash, you can send um, checks, and hopefully, I can take along for a bit a bit longer through all of this nonsense. Because uh, it's, it's to get the law. It's true enough what they say. You see, when they say it's going to get worse before it gets better, it's, that's, that's always the agenda when they're bringing a new system into austerity. 
It'll get so bad that when you get rationing and uh, electronic digital rationing cards and so on, you'll be grateful for the little bit you get there. Oh, thank God that's that bad part's over now, even though you're, you you get a fraction of uh, the income or the purchasable items that you had before. You get basic uh, sustenance. If you get that, you'd be lucky because it's, it's going to be hell. Absolutely. The whole COVID idea is flat. You don't, they've shut down a good part of the world's economies. And the money, or this, I know it's all fake, and yes, it is all fake, how it's all managed, and it's, you know, it's all digital now. It's all the Wizard of Oz, really, isn't it? But um, regardless, that's used, always used against you for, for paying it back, this debt. This round, it must be up to Mars from the Earth. If you if you placed all the dollars end to end, hundred dollar bills, mind you, uh, going back to the Mars and round Mars and round the Earth a few times by now, with all these thousands of dollars and millions of dollars and billions and trillions of dollars now of debt by shutting down the economy because because of SARS, you know, that that Fauci himself has said. At the beginning, you say it's probably no, no worse than a bad flu. Well, there's a big agenda writing on this bad flu, isn't there? And uh, they shut down economies, increased the debt. I, I don't know how many times, you know. And that's going to keep you on slavery for centuries. Although it's fictitious money, but it's going to keep you in <laughs> for centuries. Because you're going to pay it back, of course. It's not meant to be paid back, as you know. And uh, everything's working along along the plan, working well in direction with the plan. Absolutely, there's no doubt about it. So buy the books and discs and help help me take along by donating to me, cuttingthroughmatrix.com. And don't lose your heads. Don't panic. Don't give up. Whatever you do, you should have your, you should have your little quarter of your friends if you've got them. I don't care what generation you belong to. Uh, you, need, uh, you need a few uh, around you, or at least within distance to you, to torn and, and all sworn to help each other out. Because you, you can't count on anybody else's day. You can't count on government. Government's standing back, uh, watching riots going on, for goodness sake. you know. And uh, threats and gunfire and all the rest of it going on too. And uh, I think in Seattle recently, or just the other day there, they... The cops are being pulled out altogether. I'll touch on that article in a little while, but uh, the, the message to the general public, the citizenry, is to your every man for himself now. Take care of yourselves. Well, that's desirable, obviously, on behalf of the elite, or else it would not be happening. It would not be happening, folks. I'm telling you. And if you remember, too, for those who can still remember, going back into the Obama's era and George Bush Jr.'s era, right? you had the same neocons behind them all. And uh, don't forget the articles, are, if they're still up there, I certainly had them all. Where the top ones, the neocon outfits, were congratulating Obama for con- continuing the same list of wars they had on their, their, their list uh, when they were the peanut group. 
So, yeah, you're going through agendas, regardless of the changes of the house, like like um, Jefferson said, no, you're under attorney when you see the same agendas continue under different changes of the house. So the parties are a bit bogus, aren't they? Like, like uh, Quigley said, it says they're all members of the same organization, all the leaders that are selected. They're selected before you ever get their names to vote for. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's, that's what you're seeing. And at the same, at the same time, we can imagine it. All this military equipment was getting dumped in the States. All these different police departments were getting armored vehicles and Humvees and, and heavy uh, gunnery and so on. Uh, and equipment for, for the armies have right down to bayonets for the rifles, etc. You know, and they kept everybody saying, "Well, what's coming down the pipe? What's happening here? What's going to happen?" Well, you know, always remember, never count on you th- on who you think is going to be used against. No, never forget that the idea of a soldier is to follow orders. The police is the same; it's a parallel military organization. Follow orders. And uh, the, the, the police always, even when countries are invaded, and we saw that in World War Two, the police uh, are going. They're right back at work the next morning when the, when the enemy's moved in and taken over. They're right at work. We're at your service. Yeah, that's it. That's the nature of it. So. Don't count that you're going to have again the white knights just riding out. It's all planned that way. If the elite didn't want what's happening. To happen, it would never have happened. The ma- it isn't just the organization at the bottom levels for the riots and the techniques that are used, practiced and rehearsed in previous times. The organization, financial and otherwise, way above them, is from the elite themselves. That's actually the key to all. And nothing happens. Everything's headed off at the pass long before anything happens that's not authorized. At 9-11 happened, I can remember 9-11 happened and there was all the accusations that were flung around the, 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 next, the next week actually about how did this happen and of course the, the, the Bush group and um, the Cheney group were, and so on were, oh we don't, we have, but it was a stand down that day that 9-11 happened, we didn't know, we never suspected it. Israel jumped in, the bandwagon says we warned you it was going to happen. Britain, the head of, of GCHQ in Britain, jumped in too. And I remember reading these things off when it happened. And he said the same thing. We warned you and warned you this was going to happen. You didn't listen. And, and that's where it was all left. You see, it, was, it was intended to happen. <laughs> to get the big changes through a Pearl Harbor event. Huh? They got their Pearl Harbor event to get the list on the go. And that's how it really works. And then you had uh, you, you, you had all the, the well you, never mind it's countless the, the, the evidence is countless of the characters involved from Brzezinski and Kissinger talking about the need to take these countries out, how they, and the little differences on fi- the fine points of how we take them down you know and Kissinger saying well it'd be better now to make it a long term thing and and. Um, and then Brzezinski differing on how to do it, managing Iraq, if they, if they took out Iraq. And, and the points of difference was, was one of them wanted um, 
to destroy it down to the Stone Age level, finance little groups or factions inside it, little differences in religious sects and so on, and all fighting each other forever, then they could never get back to having a government again. They'd be completely dysfunctional forever. That was what they settled on. And then we, we had the rest of the list too, because certain countries were saying, don't stop there, go all the way into Syria. And they wanted to keep going and going and going and going with the Desert Storm. And then into 9-11, Operation Iraqi Freedom. Eh? <laughs> and they used American troops, but then they brought in, the, the again, the mercenary groups, Blackwater and other ones. And, uh, and then, of course, the... Uh, they started to use uh, mercenary groups, again, from Middle East, the, the, the old ones that worked with them, American troops, and then use them to recruit and so on, and use them to attack Syria. That was part of it as well. They'd already taken, uh, changed Egypt, and even when they elected their leader, they said they weren't, they weren't uh, secular enough. That was the, what the West said the United States, Nations wanted to, as a, a non-secular uh, government. So they, they overthrew them too with the CIA. And then they tried to do the same thing with Syria. They already took out Libya, the richest, most self-sufficient country in Africa, took out Libya. And also just disappeared its whole massive gold reserves. And um, as they did, of course, with Iraq, with a massive stack of, of cash. And there's pension plans and everything in Iraq, too, forget it. Was, it wasn't all dictatorship, you know. All gone, yeah. Disappeared. And then, of course, they started to use these mercenary groups to... The, the U.S. was funding and Britain was funding and on behalf of the elite to take down Syria. And they're still at it. Still at it today. There's even Antifa photographs up there of them sending people from the U.S. and elsewhere with their outfits posing for the photographs, uh, trading with uh, the groups, the, the Kurdish groups, the communist groups within the Kurds uh, in uh, their Antifa outfits. And coming back to America, of course. What I'm saying is, this isn't secret. This isn't secret. Getting back to the disclosures after 9-11, the top officials in the top government agencies in the West said there was nothing in this day and age, this is 2001, nothing information-wise on this kind of level that could be kept secret. The electronic monitoring was phenomenal across the planet. The, 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 the states and Britain still owns islands. They're just massive systems of arrays of, of detection equipment and so on. Australia has got them across here too. But uh, there's nothing to be said. I don't encrypted or otherwise. It can't be broken. And, and the, the, the computer systems they have now with with uh, uh, the techniques that they're using and, and the algorithm, they can detect little buzzwords and terms and so on, way beyond the, the primitive stuff that they printed back in the 90s. But they already had it at 9-11. This could never have been kept secret. People, every agent, if, they, if other agencies knew this, then obviously the U.S. knew it too. There's your big question. You're always left with a big question mark. So if you, if you mention that, you're a conspiracy theorist, even though you haven't declared it was definitely intentional. The fact is that you've, you've, you've just followed the lines of reasoning from, from the information and you'd be classified as a conspiracy theorist just for mentioning it. So in this day and age, do you really, really think 
never mind of, of all the programs that the CIA put out there, even for the overthrow of countries in the Middle East, including the ones they used in Egypt. Oh yeah, this is just came out of nowhere, this encrypted program, they're all using this for, to communicate. Do you really think, do you really, really think that anything that's happening today is a surprise? Do you really think so? It's not, it's not. No way at all. Now I want to touch on a few articles, and uh, some of them I'll show you the relationship between the articles and the characters involved is... Even in different countries, they're all literally, they are very well connected together. You always can find the, the same characters financing them to, to do with COVID and so on. Remember, monopoly of information is imperative if you want to bring a new system in. And you've been living through the bringing in of a new system for most of your lives, in fact. And the old, the old articles I did years ago to do with uh, the Rockefellers and other institutions that were set up to decide by really intense study how many uh, how many newspapers and magazines were needed to control the whole of the U.S. And that when Rockefeller's group did it back in the 1930s, they they said about 35 of them, I think it was, would be would be enough to to the rest of them would make them big big um, issues of news and. The public would, uh, all the rest of the newspapers, the smaller ones, would follow them and just repeat their stuff, which is the way it's done. It's very simple to do, isn't it, to monopolize information. And uh, small newspapers are really advertising papers. They, they, they survive on basic advertising, so they, they're quite willing to pay a few pennies extra to, to have access to the stories from the big ones. Information is very easy to get, even on the Internet, people have no idea of the, uh, again, of who's controlling your thoughts, who's giving you your thoughts and your opinions, and your topics as well. Uh, do you really think it's coincidence that, that, that suddenly out of the blue, the Pentagon comes out, and, and it's going to, if, how many times have you heard, it's going to disclose information on UFOs? I mean, you've got so many diversions right now that, that won't affect you at all as far with regards to what's happening on the ground here right now. <laughs> But it's, it's, it's all planned that way, you see, lots of diversions. They've even got articles out now uh, from psychologists who started off with the COVID idea and uh, uh, how, to, how, to, how to pass your time as you're all locked up and how to, how to not to get on each other's goats, as they used to say in Britain, getting on my goat by upsetting me or whatever or starting to gripe, whatever. And uh, all, all these how-to books suddenly came out of oh, how to learn a new this or during your time off, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the last thing on your mind is learning a new anything when you don't know if there's going to be work ever coming your way again. You understand that? But this is the rubbish they churn out there. By, it's like a machine just churning it out. And all these characters get paid to churn this rubbish out. As Orwell talked about even in his, um, 1984 where music would be churned out and pornography by machines, almost like robots. <laughs> Here you go. And that's how it's done today. They do have programs now that can you can actually bring up the lyrics and terrible lyrics and all bit and terrible music too, but that's what they do. And you can make anything uh, popular by financing it that way with the big machinery of the star-making machinery. Uh, it's quite easy to do. Anyway... But I tell you what we're talking about. So, so next they're moving. They're, they're moving. You see, they've already trained you over the last few months, 
And then, then you're getting trained into the net because the same characters who wrote these articles are now saying, yeah, we're just psychologists and we're going to... We're, getting, we're, getting, we're even aiming at the, at the folk who are getting afraid with all the riots going on, uh, not to panic, you know. And here's how to cope with if you feel you're going to panic and all these techniques not to go into a panic state and yada, yada. It's all continuous, all planned this way, folks. From the first step, COVID, right into the, the next step of, of a lawless society. That's what folk are getting afraid of in the States when the police are being withdrawn by the, the people who've sold them out. <laughs> It's quite something to watch. But uh, folk never catch on to it all. But yeah, you're, you're all these professionals, how they cope with your anxiety, etc. Yada, yada, yada. Quite amazing to to see. And it's all paid for by your tax money, hey? As they tell you to succumb to it, just give in. <laughs> but here's a way to give in happily and contentedly. Don't, don't panic when you're doing it. As their whole system is turned upside down, so... Now, here's an article here to, to show you that um, the UK was asleep to the threat of a global pandemic before the, the eruption of the ongoing coronavirus crisis. I won't read all this because it's, it's irrelevant to the thing. This is a handout. All, all the papers have covered these handouts pretty well, you know. Uh, they don't really have many journalists in this day and age. Sir John Bell, Sir John Bell, Oxford University's Regis Professor of Medicine, told MPs Tuesday that officials had failed to get Britain on their front foot in preparation for a pandemic despite several close calls with emerging infectious diseases in recent decades, right? The fact that we were asleep in the concept that we were going to have a pandemic, I think, shame on us, he told the Commons Health and Social Care Committee. Since the year 2000, we've had eight close calls of emerging infectious diseases, any one of which could have swept the globe as a pandemic. So it's not new, and I think we should be proud of the fact that we ended up with a system which has no had no resilience to pandemics. I think the biggest single failure was not being on the front foot. Maybe he's got a few legs, I don't know. But it's, it's, um, so it's got left and right, so you go in the middle, right? Oh, maybe that's, oh, you better not go there. So Sir Bell went on to compare the UK's handling of the coronavirus pandemic to Singapore, which he said had started preparing for trouble at the beginning of January, shortly after the first cases were recorded in Wuhan, China, in December, where they were, now we know they were recorded before December too, of course. And so anyway, his whole thing is we've got to really step up and get get into the whole idea of managing this, etc. This and, and getting his name in the papers, because we're hearing a lot more of him in Britain. Sir John Bell, Oxford University, naturally, a professor of medicine. There you go. And then you find out, too, um, this article here that Oxford vaccine, eh? coronavirus, Oxford vaccine triggers immune response. Well, it's a coincidence that it's the same, you know, Oxford vaccine, see? And uh, it says here now, let me see. Developed by the University of Oxford, appears safe and triggers an immune response. Well, they always tell you, you see, it triggers an immune response. Oh, I don't care what it is. If, if they put sterile water in, they'd tell you that, you know. Because that's it's to get money flooding in to, to, the, to, the, to the shares that they're dishing out, you see. Big money. And remember, too, what happened before with them, uh, where, where folk had uh, responses to and previous infections, and uh, but from from the actual vaccine, but when they hit the real uh, virus in the wild, as they call it, after getting the vaccine, they had the massive immune response that killed them. Yeah. Don't forget that. So the immune response itself is nothing at all. Oh. 
And they can fudge that as figures as much as they want anyway. Huh? So it says, um, trials involving 1,077 years showed that injection led to them making antibodies and T-cells that can fight coronavirus. Well, you'd find that too if you had natural immunity. Herd, the natural herd immunity that, that's spreading all through society. Remember, a couple of months ago, the article from, I think it was Oxford too, it says that this, this, this virus is disappearing so quickly, but we might, we might not have enough of it around to, to create a vaccine. Huh? Anyway, it says, so the UK has already ordered 100 million doses of the vaccines. Every country has got its own elite getting in on the action. The, the, the taxpayer's paying for it all, mind you. And... Uh, so mentions the vaccine developed at unprecedented speed, yada, yada. And this is a handout. It's a rah-rah article. I hope you understand what a rah-rah article says. Yeah, da-da-da-da-da, it's all happy-happy. It's made from a genetically engineered virus. So the genetically engineered virus they use that causes the common cold in chimpanzees. Eh? Do you remember, too, the polio one with the simian 40, the simian, the monkey virus? Because they couldn't separate the, 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 the stuff that they'd used. I was the kidney cells, I think, of the, the monkeys. And there were stacks of over 100 um, uh, viruses from different kinds of viruses came in with the vaccine eh, for polio. And the simian 40 was the cancer one. But oops, we shouldn't think of these things. It's negative, isn't it? It's awful negative. And it says, um, so here's a genetically modified one, engineered virus that causes the common cold in chimpanzees. It's been heavily modified, so first, so it cannot cause infections in people, right? And also to make it look like, like pretend it's more like a coronavirus, it's to fool the body, supposedly. Scientists did this by transferring the genetic instructions for coronaviruses, coronaviruses spike protein, the crucial tool it uses to invade our cells to the vaccine. Uh, that the, they were developing. This means the vaccine resembles the coronavirus and the immune system can learn how to attack it, it says. Much of the focus on the virus has been about antibodies, but these are only part of the immune defense. And it says neutralizing antibodies can disable the coronavirus, you see. So you have a neutralizing antibody, that's what I try to say, the way the word is pretty bad actually. T-cells are type of white blood cells that help to coordinate the immune system and are able to spot which of the body's cells have been infected and destroys them. Hmm. Nearly all effective vaccines induce both an antibody and a T-cell response. And so levels of T-cells peaked at 14 days after vaccination. And antibody levels peaked after 28 days. The study has not run long enough to understand how long they may last. Because, see, they want you already. You've already said it. They want you to have multiple shots of this and a few per year, actually. It's great business, isn't it? But it says here, Professor Andrew Pollard from the Oxford Research Group told the BBC, we're really pleased with the results. They're all saying this. Every Every country is saying the same stuff. And it's the key question everyone wants to know is, does the vaccine work? Does it offer protection? And we're in a waiting game, eh? And it says the study shows that 90% of people that they tested on developed neutralizing antibodies after one dose. Only 10 people were given two doses, and all of them produced neutralizing antibodies. But how many of them got sick, I wonder? What is it going to tell us? Hmm. Oh, there were no dangerous side effects from making the, taking the vaccine. However, 77% of people on the trial developed either fever or headache. 
Well, these are symptoms of something that's wrong Fever and headaches, you see And it could be something that's dangerous, eh? Professor Sarah Gilbert from the University of Oxford, UK says There's so much work to be done before we can confirm if a vaccine will help manage the COVID-19 pandemic Remember I read an article too at the beginning of the whole thing from One of these professors, I think, worked in the Wuhan lab <laughs> When at Oxford, I'm not kidding you Before it all happened, eh? A small world. It's a small world, isn't it? And um, but anyway, this is the the whole thing is a rah rah for vaccines, right? Remember, is it a two? Even though uh, the vaccine isn't going to give you a better immune response protection than a natural immune response from from the virus, you see. Uh, remember that Fauci said at the very beginning. It says, "Oh, you, the only way out of this is going to get a vaccine and proof that you've had vaccine before you get out of your homes." So it was already decided before they even knew, supposedly knew, what was going on. Listen to it. And if most folk are, look, how many folk have got over this thing with their natural immune system? Do you read the vaccine? Hmm? But again, facts don't matter, does it? And here's the one I wanted to get to, actually. It's... Um, the Scientific Advisory Committee. Who are we, eh? The Scientific Advisory Committee. Hmm? Well, it's the it's from the Bill and Linda Gates Foundation, you see. Uh, small world. It's always a small world, eh? And emergency planning and response. And they do family planning to global delivery programs, global libraries, maternal, newborn, and child care, and so on, nutrition, and polio, all this stuff, and HIV, and... Ah, what wonderful Bill and Melinda Gates say eh? The history of the eugenics Oops, I just eugenics here I'm slipping the tongue again And uh, but, but, As I said The Scientific Advisory Committee Who are we, it says The Global Health Program Advisory Committee Comprises a group of esteemed experts I guess it's important that when you say esteemed From outside of the foundation Who offer a wide range of experience And And Perspectives. This group plays an important role in strengthening our work by offering independent assessments of our strategies and helping us evaluate results. Now, at the top of them, this, this scientific advisory committee that's working for Bill Melinda Gates and all that, too, is the same guy from Oxford, John Bell, GBE, FRS, yeah, FM, Ed Sy, chair of committee. He's the chairman of the committee. And he goes into the same handout too Again, Regis Professor of Medicine, Oxford University He went to Oxford as a Rhodes Scholar to train in medicine Rhodes Scholars, by the way, if you want to understand the world agenda Just follow the Rhodes Scholars eh? And undertook postgraduate training in London and at Stanford University eh? So it's a small world though, I mean, he just got on that board and um, he's in charge of Britain and all that for a, But there you are he's just, This happens to be on one of these boards Because it's awfully important and esteemed And um, of course they decide where all the money goes And what kind of things are going to be done to you uh, By mandate of the government eh? yeah. he, In 2008 he was made a fellow of the Royal Society you know, And they were the, the first eugenicists that came out openly by the way The, the Royal Society was, was made up of... Um, it was part occultic, <laughs> really was, like the, the, of characters who, who developed, who went into science from the occultism side of things, and 
and Royal Society literally would, would decide, a very, very secretive organization at the time, when it started up, it would decide who would be, who would be mentioned in history as an important person in science and who would not. Very selective, you know. And, um, of course, they, they, they helped sponsor Darwin and, and his theories, of course, in evolution and most favored races and stuff like that. Anyway, he was also made a Knight Bachelor for his services to medical science. And he was appointed Knight's Grand Cross of the Order of the British Empire in the 2015 New Year Honours for Services to Medicine, Medical Research and the Life Science Industry. Industry, right? <laughs> uh, so there you go. He's involved in research developments and genomics. Genomics, eh? And development of a clinical research program across the UK. He sits on a range of advisory panels for public and private sector bodies. I wouldn't want him sitting on any of these bodies, would you? I don't but anyway, for uh, responsible for biomedical research in Canada, Denmark, France, Singapore, Sweden, UK, and he's a founding director of three biotechnology startup companies. Well, that's just a coincidence, for goodness sake, eh? And then he goes through the other ones, Alan Bernstein and so on. And same kind of thing, Canadian Institute of Advanced Research. And uh, on, on, on and on it goes. It's the same same kind of stuff over and over. Uh, M.K. Uh, Ban uh, Pediatrics, another one too, and goes through a list of them too. The ones who are awfully important, you see, and uh, have a hand in, a, in all these different things that are happening today. Small world. It's a small world, for goodness' sakes, eh? Now let's just add to. Uh, this professor from Oxford, uh, Professor Sir John Bell, who told politicians in Britain, he says, the reality is that this pathogen is here forever, the COVID-19. It isn't going anywhere. Look at how much trouble they've had in eliminating, for example, polio. That eradication program has been going on for 15 years, and they're still not there. Mind you, they've spread a lot. <laughs> some, some big bloopers, I might say. And I've touched on that already, or I will shortly. But it goes on to say here, his intervention came as another top scientist and member of the influential SAGE group poured cold water on the Prime Minister's claim that life could return to normal by Christmas, suggesting COVID-19 won't in fact be around for decades to come. Remember that Sir John here, Sir John Bell is in with uh, uh, Mr. (laughs) Bill Gates and actually everybody else is too. And so they all parrot the same stuff. They're all on the same boards and so on. And uh, so they're not independent. Uh, uh, they're, they're, they're all slightly, can you say slightly contaminated perhaps with their associations with each other on, on board with the same agenda, basically. Because uh, you want to say here too, the same thing as Fauci, they're all part of the same stuff. Just like weapons of mass destruction came out of the mouths of all the characters involved. Same thing here, same technique. This is going to come and go, this virus, and we're going to get winters where we get a lot of this virus back in action. The vaccine is unlikely to have a durable effect that'll last for a very long time, so we're going to have to have a continual cycle of vaccinations, and then more disease, and more vaccinations, and more disease. So that's the agenda, you see, for the, for the big, big corporations that are managing all of this. And we are all the, but we are part of the product. We, we, we are made to, to purchase their product via the proxy of the government that mandates that you take it. <laughs> That's what is called fascism, of course. 
And the very fact that he says it will come and go and come and go, even though all other viruses come and get weakened and get weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. Otherwise, you'd have the Spanish flu still with you forever. And the only version of the Spanish flu, apparently, is in biowarfare labs, and they admit this too. And I did the reports years ago that were published by these laboratories when they had got the live virus, or made it live again, basically, uh, from corpses were buried in permafrost from uh, the 1917 18 the flu pandemic, and uh, and of course these ended up in the labs, and they they managed to they said we've actually made them more potent now. Moreover, in case it ever came back and jumped to the next stage itself, we've made it more just to, so again that's gain of function again, eh? That, that's that's future big business for them. <laughs> this is how it all works, and folk never quite catch on to it. But uh, this is again uh, I've already mentioned. Uh, uh, the, t- the association with Bill Gates and uh, the Oxford University professor, Mr. Bell, or Sir John Bell. Eh? Uh, so there you go. It's going to come and go, come and go forever. So you have to keep getting vaccinations all the time, maybe a few times a year. Eh? That's good business. Eh? And, uh, and of course, uh, even though <laughs> you have your own immune system, uh, that would give you immunity to it. Well, we don't know how long that will last either, you see, even though generally these things will last you quite a few years. But uh, that's not good enough because the paid version is always better, right? Okay, for profits. Another one, too, goes back into July the 20th. I will not be masked, test, tracked, or poisoned. Hundreds of anti-mask activists march in London's Hyde Park to protest the mandatory use of face coverings in shops from Thursday. And one was dressed as a plague doctor, another had a vest saying, save human rights. And um, I guess no one's really bored in that, by the way, it's save human rights. And uh, not these days. Government's toughened its stance on wearing of face coverings in public places in England earlier this week, and it follows similar rules for wearing face coverings while travelling on public transport, which started in June, right? Uh, obviously, too, it's the first time in history this has happened. For something, and I'll, I'll put up, by the way, a YouTube, it's pretty good YouTube, where you'll hear uh, Fauci, for instance, starting off uh, in the early days of the coronavirus, telling him he didn't think the Americans needed to worry about it at all pretty well, and uh, he didn't, didn't need masks and all that, and then completely reversing his stance once the big dollar signs started flashing everywhere for vaccine companies and so, and uh, telling you the absolute opposites of everything. Yeah. Really astonishing, this, this so-called... Can you imagine so much power being in the hands of one person now? And democracies, even the Republican democracies. Um, so much power to one person who, who literally would be compromised with his investments and private companies that are going to make, going to make billions out of this. Uh, you think that, that would be a, an out right there? These, you can't have honest folk that you're going to follow and, and put their lives in their hands if they're already compromised at such a level, financially. Well, that's what's happening anyway, so, you know, again, again, facts don't matter. And the idea, too, is locking everybody down so that natural immunity doesn't spread enough, fast enough. Herd immunity would have been achieved very quickly if they hadn't locked the folks down. It would be over and done with. But again, there's no profit. There's no profit in your own immune system working and allowing it to spread quickly. Most folk have no symptoms at all. Most. And we've already seen the padded figures with folk going into hospitals 
no matter what's wrong with them, they can put down as COVID if they detect something using that terrible test that even inventors said should not be used for testing. It's useless, he says. But again, facts don't matter, even from the inventor. Anyway, the folk are not happy getting locked down and having to to be literally... um, Manage with masks on their face. This is conformity. There's no reasons why you're wearing the mask. They knew immediately when you were allowed about a month off for the summer, you see, uh, of mixing again and uh, less masks being used. Folk would go right back to normal behavior very quickly because they're not terrified. You forget the terror very quickly. And it's not good for business, you see. Because they want you to be terrified. The mask is it's not, it's not going to help you. It's not going to save you spreading something if you've got it. It's not going to stop you from getting it. I've already been through the articles from the CDC explaining the mask and how they're no use for this. Huh? Especially the, those light one things too that literally are, are, I don't know, it's just a face covering, that's all it is. But it's nothing to do with that. The, the reason they're mandated is because it reminds you of a danger. They want you to be terrified and, rem- and always remembering this danger. And they want you fighting each other too. Because folk have been petrified into terrifying folk who, who won't comply. You're six feet, one inch close. Get away from me. This is, this is intentionally created, this whole terror and furor that we're living through right now. Amazing stuff, eh? But it works to their advantage. It's all psychological warfare again, managed, very well managed, again, by PSYOP operations, uh, bombarding you through every media uh, they can read or, or listen to or watch on the net or TV or, or it's making a difference where it is. You're getting bombarded with this stuff all the time. And compliance is submission. You see, it's submission. You, first, you, sub, you submit your, your common sense and your reason. Regarding all the facts, see, you're, 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 the, the facts are all out there if you want them, but it doesn't, doesn't matter. And uh, you, you're compliant, and what's the next thing you must be compliant in? What are you going to find out very shortly, folks? And uh, and this is the end of, of the system. It was meant to. This is the crashing of the entire system. It was planned a long time ago, starting with the two seven, uh, 2007 and 2008 uh, supposed crash. It wasn't a crash, it was a planned event. And um, a reset then, you see, partial reset. Now it's the next part. For not just money, but for the entire system. On behalf, for the elite, it's their system. You don't hear any of the elite saying, oh, woe is me. We're losing our system. No, <laughs> not at all. Not from COVID or from, from demonstrations and protests or riots. There's nothing coming from them. They're not losing anything at all. There's a little clue for you. And this one here again, I mentioned the, the Gates Advisory Committee or oh, something else, isn't it? Something. And then what you need to know about the COVID-19 vaccine. And um, one of the questions I get asked the most these days is when the world will be able to go back to the way things were in December before the coronavirus pandemic? My answer is always the same when we have an almost perfect drug to treat COVID-19, or when almost every person on the planet has been vaccinated against coronavirus. <sighs> see? This is from specialists, you see. And that's from Bill Gates. You can't get a better specialist since he owns most of it than him, eh? 
He's not a doctor, no. He's a philanthropist, you see, a big businessman that's got a finger in every pie, including education. He's got reimagining this and reimagining that and reimagining education, eh? All done online through his system. Oh, there's indoctrination uniform, uniformly done with uniform output. And <laughs> it's just astonishing. Bricks in the wall, eh? So what you need to know about the COVID-19 vaccine, humankind has never had a more urgent task than creating broad immunity for coronavirus. So here's a guy who's been trying to push this type of vaccine that alters your DNA, eh? But beginning with the RNA. But it says here, the form is unlikely to happen anything. We need a miracle treatment that was at least 95% effect to stop the outbreak. No, you wouldn't. Just let it go, folks. And the immune system, like everyone before, other coronaviruses, has, has beaten it. No problem. Most of the drug candidates right now are nowhere near that powerful. They could save a lot of lives, but they aren't enough to get us back to normal. Which leaves us with a vaccine. Humankind has never had a more urgent task in creating broad immunity for coronavirus. He's talking about the whole range. You know? Realistically, if we're going to return to normal, we need to develop a safe, effective vaccine. We need to make billions of doses. We need to get them out to every part of the world. And we need all this to happen as quickly as possible. So, emergency, emergency. Don't test it. Don't, don't look at the long-term effects. No, no. Just get it out quickly as possible. Hey? From a eugenicist who wants to reduce the population of the planet openly in these talks. This is not conspiracy. You can get it yourself. That the, I might even try to find the article again on the YouTube, if it's still up there, where he talks about this quite candidly. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. So it sounds daunting because it is our foundation. It's the biggest funder of vaccines in the world. Isn't that a clue? Eh? And this uh, effort dwarfs anything we've ever worked on before. It's going to require a global cooperative effort. So, so none of this, this, this idea of you all do your own thing and do experiment. No, no, you must, you must go, go along the same path with, with his organization. Eh? It says there's simply no alternative. Oh, yeah, really. It's this psychological warfare. There's simply no alternative. So he's all for it, and he, of course he praises Fauci. Dr. Anthony Fauci has, has said he thinks it'll take around 18 months to develop a coronavirus vaccine. I agree with him, though it could be as little as nine months or as long as two years. It's supposed to take quite a few years, folks, to test the long-term effects of all. Never mind the short term. So safety and efficacy are the two most important goals for every vaccine. Safety is exactly what it sounds like. It's a vaccine safe to give people. This is from a guy who's been sued by countries like India for, for the stuff that went wrong. Even the polio vaccine that was the oral type or the spray type. And uh, the World Health Organization, I did the article at the time, I remember reading it and broadcast on a radio show. And uh, WHO had, had admitted eventually that uh, after his campaign out there with this particular polio vaccine, it had actually created a new wild type of, of polio that they couldn't treat. It was taken off and superseding the old polios that were in existence. But they, they don't even mention these facts, do they? These, 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 these are very dangerous people. Powerful, dangerous people with unlimited financing. Mind you, they're not doing it all for free. They've got fingers in all the pies too. And the governments pay them all eventually as well. So here's an article here by, again, Robert F. Kennedy. Uh, he's a chairman of Children's Health Defense Group. 
And Gates pushes gene-altering technology on 7 billion humans. I've put this one up before, I think. But anyway, it says, um, Pharma's over 170 COVID vaccines in development. But Gates and Fauci pushed Moderna's Frankenstein jab to the front of the line. Yeah, they was all planned in advance. Same with Gilead, by the way, the, the, the actual drug, the antiviral drug. They probably tried it with AIDS and different things. It wasn't done well at all. But the facts don't matter. There's a big business here in certain pals, you know, that owns companies. Anyway, it says um, the vaccine uses a new, untested, very controversial experimental RNA technology. No kidding, eh? That Gase has backed for over a decade. He tried to get this through before, you see. Instead of injecting an antigen, an adjuvant, as with traditional vaccines, Moderna plugs a small piece of corona genetic code into human cells, altering the DNA throughout the human body and reprogramming our cells to produce antibodies to fight the virus. mRNA vaccines are a form of genetic engineering called germline gene editing. Most people would read that and never clue in. That's what it meant, germline gene editing. But Derna's genetic alterations are passed down to future generations. You change one, and every offspring from then on is going to be altered too. They're passed down to future generations. In January, the, the Geneva Statement, the world's leading ethicists and scientists, I don't need them uh, because um, we're all ethicists if we use our own heads, called for an end to this kind of experimentation. Moderna has never bought a product or brought up, uh, I think it's never brought a product to market. It's missing an R here. Proceeding, uh, proceeded through clinical trials or had a vaccine approved by the FDA. Never had it before, you see. The company received an astonishing four, $483 million in federal funds. Isn't that amazing? This fascism, eh? <laughs> For a private company. From the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority called BARDA a sister agency to Fauci's NIAID to accelerate development. Dr. Joseph Bolin, Moderna's former research and development chief, expressed shock at Fauci's bets in supporting the company. I don't know what their thinking was, he told CNN. When I read that, I was pretty amazed. Moderna and Fauci launched a federally funded human trial in March in Seattle. Dr. Peter Hotitz, or Hotez, warns of potentially fatal consequences for skipping animal studies. As he said to CNN, if there is immune enhancement in animals, that's a showstopper, Dr. Sahub Siddiqui, Moderna's ex-director of chemistry, told CNN. I would not let the vaccine be injected in my body. I would demand where is the toxicity data. See, they won't have it. They're going ahead with it. They skip all different trials. As precaution, this is from the guy, remember, Moderna's ex-director of chemistry. Huh? I would not let the vaccine be injected in my body. <laughs> it's quite a statement, isn't it? But again, that'll be gone but like, like the wind. Most folk can't retain things very, very, very long these days. Especially when you get the other side coming back. Oh, well, he didn't really mean what he said. You know. It says, where's the toxicity data? As precautions, Moderna ordered trial participants to avoid unprotected sex or sperm donations. No kidding. This is what they told you. And Gates is promoting that all COVID vaccines be protected by blanket immunity, regardless of what happens to the you, you see. You can't see. So that they, they can kill, they could kill millions or whatever. It wouldn't be, they, nobody can sue them. 
Has anybody left alive? But blanket immunity from their actions. Isn't that amazing, eh? Bill Gates. Who voted for... I haven't voted for this character. Have you? He says he hopes to sell his experimental gene-altering technology to all 7 billion humans and transform our species into GMOs, genetically modified organisms. That's, that's it, folks. But Moderna's former research and development chief, the chief, right, expressed shock, Fauci's bet, and supporting the company. Huh? And uh, Dr. Peter Hotez uh, as it says, warns of potential fatal consequences from skipping animal studies. And Dr. Sahub Siddiqui, Moderna's ex-director of chemistry, I would not let the vaccine be injected in my body. <laughs> Remember, I always put up with all these different articles because it's not my opinions. This is put out by the characters themselves often. And um, Boris Johnson, you know, the, the clown that they put in, uh, is a showman. He's a showman. That's why they put him in with a, with a pretended conservative party. Because there's no conservative party now, you know. Long gone. And he was, he was never conservative before he became prime minister. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't, facts don't matter. Vaccine skeptics called nuts by PM as the ministers as politicians target junk foods ads in obesity crackdown. So now they want to cut down. Well, they're getting used to less food because you're going to go into rationing, folks. Yep, big time. Across the world, eh? So Boris Johnson, you know, has hit out at anti-vaccination conspiracy theorists, describing them as nuts as he set out his government's plan for an extra 30 million people to get the flu jab this winter. Ooh, really? He's decided, has he? He also called in the public to lose weight this summer, saying it was one of the ways you can reduce your own risk from COVID. Really? He's, on, he's now an expert now in virology. He is set to propose a ban on TV junk food ads before 9pm in a bid to tackle Britain's obesity problem. Wow, there you go. In an interview with the BBC, Mr. Johnson admitted the UK could have handled the pandemic better, saying there were open questions over the timing of his decision to send the country in lockdown. It's, uh, anyway, this is just a handout to, I mean, this guy's an actor, like they all are, you know. Of course he is. And of course, it really just heads off the whole Brexit idea from in the past. Here, a lockdown and massive protests and and they're the taking down the statues and stuff. By you know, come on here. Do you think it's all coincidental? It's all happening right now. Eh? I tell you. Elsewhere, in a stinging attack on the nation's readiness to split from Brussels, a former national security advisor claimed ministers, politicians, eh, are refusing to admit to the threat from terrorists and crime gangs if there's no Brexit deal. Oh, yeah. Without a deal, the loss of operational effectiveness for UK law enforcement agencies, including in Northern Ireland, will be profound, undermining modern intelligence-led policing and putting the safety of the public at risk. But when did they ever worry about the public? And it says, um, and again, the UK again, the UK and US defence chiefs have accused Russia <laughs> of launching an anti-satellite space weapon. Defence Secretary Ben Wallace claimed Britain remained deeply vulnerable to the weaponising of space. 
Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Do you remember those who were alive at the time, Ronald Reagan, and uh, the whole idea for the for the Star Wars project? Eh? Oh, Star Wars! Oh, satellites up there, killer killer satellites, and oh, firing lasers at different ones, knocking them down, shooting them down, and and supposedly that was part of the reason that that, that uh, Russia just gave up on it. That's what they, that's what they claimed. It was nonsense, but they, 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 because they couldn't keep up with the cost of manufacturing all these things to keep it up par with the states. That was the whole stuff at the time with Reagan, Star Wars. And he either dragged that up here, tried to claim that um, that Russia's maybe, maybe the old Cold War nonsense, or maybe they're getting ahead of us. Eh? <laughs> uh, quite some, isn't it? That's from the Independent, that one. Yeah. But yeah, so so once again, if you in, in a country that supposedly had its, its free opinion, and and really um, that was a big thing to have your own opinion in Britain, and had the Hyde Park thing. Was it Hyde Park? And uh, soapboxes and so on. You go up there and and proclaim the world how you saw the world and how it should be fixed and run the whole thing. Uh, but uh, but now, of course, you're the, but Boris Johnson, they're no wonder man, you know, of of brains. Eh? Uh, Bullington boy, of course, he he uh, is one of the guys that he still he still repeats the slogans that they have in speeches. Eh? He's never got away from his his early days when the the, the most elite you know snobs had their children coming to Oxford group and in that particular club and and they'd wreck they go for a meal and they'd wreck the whole place long before you had pop stars and stuff and um, and they get away with it etc. Silver spoon, actually a gold spoon from Boris's mouth, I suppose. But uh, quite amazing. He's even got ancestors that were revolutionaries in other countries. Eh? Uh, there you go. But he's telling you if you've got an opinion that's contrary to his opinion, you're a nut, a conspiracy nut. And that's how they're describing everybody who won't go along with uh, their, their totalitarian agendas. Eh? New guidance on the face masks and coverings released for England. That was in July the 23rd. So we've got new ones now, you see. And they give you a picture. It says a woman wearing a face covering in a shop. They got you to always give you the pictures of things. So you can't imagine what they look like. Full guidance on wearing face coverings in shops thing has been released less than 12 hours before the new rules come into force. Coverings will be mandatory in enclosed public spaces, including supermarkets, indoor shopping centres, transport hubs, Banks and post offices must also be worn when buying takeaway food and drink, although they can be removed in a seating area. You see, the virus won't go into a seating area. You know that too. Some of the restaurants are doing that elsewhere. Um, so you, you're in that seating area, and you can lift that mask a little bit so you can stuff the food in your mouth and uh, and pull your mask down. And maybe if you're really paranoid, you can pull it down quickly. and get. Maybe you haven't got the virus yet, you see. Maybe the whole thing is, maybe they'll have cameras watching and see how fast you can pull it down and, and you get analysed and sent off to psychological experts all analysing this information. Eh? But yeah, if you go to the, the seating area, the, the virus will stop, you see, before it gets, it's, ah, seating area. It's a very intelligent virus uh, and uh, it won't go there. Just like the six foot idea that was invented by a schoolgirl with a daddy in the military industrial complex that created a, pu- a, a program from a computer, probably the same computer they gave to Neil Ferguson that came up with drastic figures, you know. Oh, six foot, yeah, six foot. That's the god, the computer, eh? Mm. 
So anyway, so there must be, uh, we must wear this thing all the time, and it says here, those who break the rose could face a fine of up to £100. There's a good, you know, this is how they get, it's, it's just that, it's just like, I always think of donkeys getting beaten with sticks when I see this kind of thing, I really do, you know, comply or, or get beaten. A lot of folk can't afford a £100 fine. And then the police force, the same police forces were absolutely useless as statues were getting tossed all over the place and so uh, it says uh, the police will be able to use force to remove customers from the shops if they do not wear a face covering as well as prevent them from entering guidance uh, from the uh, from entering oh, for, as well as prevent them from entering guidance from the college of policing so, so, right. ah, pretty sad isn't it uh, yeah 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 Mm-mm-mm. And then maskless protesters pack Utah County Commission meeting set to discuss masks in school. Mm. Maskless protesters. So a crowd of maskless protesters packed in Utah County Commission meeting Wednesday to speak out against the state requirement for students to wear masks when school returns. And they came out in Provo, Utah, to protest Governor Gary Herbert's uh, mandate on mass in school, arguing that they shouldn't have the they shouldn't have the right to decide whether children or students wear face coverings in the free school districts in the country. Yep. And it says this is the exact opposite of what we need to be doing. Uh, Inge said, Inge is Tanner Inge, chair of the All Republican Commission, uh, prompting protesters to boo. You're supposed to be physically distancing, wearing masks. Uh, Inge left the meeting, but the two other members of the commission stayed to listen to more than thirty people who lined up to talk. And several parents expressed worries about children with disabilities being required to wear masks and the difficulty of enforcing the rule on playgrounds and in lunchrooms. Mm. The Washington Post reported. But again, you've got to be uniform. So it's against getting to that communist idea, all wearing masks, it's a uniform submission. And the person who doesn't submit is an individual. And the United Nations said that years ago that the biggest threat to society the world over is the individual, individualism. See, you got to be uniformly socialistic and obedient to your overseers. Hmm? There you go. Can't have that. Submit, submit, submit. Hmm? Even though they admit it doesn't help you at all, doesn't save you, and and, and etc. etc. Hmm? And when I mentioned it before too, that Fauci hasn't missed a thing. Every symptom under the sun. Almost anyway. I don't know if he's got that. Nervous or restless leg syndrome. Remember the one that they added into the psychiatric definitions, eh? saying the, the nervous leg. You know, where, where it would just start. You, you, you put on that. You put your foot on on the on the front parts of your foot on the ground, right? The heel raised, and then it starts. Now every every child knows this. Some adults do. And you're sitting in a school, and that leg starts going. Just you just like crazy, eh? nervous leg syndrome, they call it a disease now, eh? they've got pills for it actually, actually I'm not kidding you, they've pills for it, because if they can get money off any, any symptom at all, they'll create lots of symptoms, and they do, but uh, here you have Fauci, and all the rest, researchers call to make rashes a coronavirus symptom, well they see they've missed that one already, eh? I, I, rashes are pretty common, eh? And it says that it's now an official symptom. One in 11 coronavirus patients developed a a rash. No kidding, eh? 
So King's College, everybody's in the act, King's College London was conducted to this test using data on 20,000 Britons who either tested positive for COVID-19 or were suspected to have the virus. <laughs> you see, it's all bogus, folks. You either have science confirming it or it's bogus. Suspected, eh? And big grant, they've got their hands out for grants, eh? So the, the team also used data from COVID symptom study app. Oh, no, I wonder who owns that. Which contained information on 336,837 users who had self-reported their symptoms. Well, that's completely bogus. You know how many, f- I could come up with a new disease tomorrow. Give a wee bit of publicity. I'll guarantee you I could get a million folks. I've got that. Guarantee you. So the study, again, I wanted to find who made the study and who got paid for it, um, found 2,021 of the app's users tested positive for COVID-19, right? With 8.8% of them reporting blotchy and itchy skin. Additionally, out of 17,000 people who were strongly suspected of had the virus, 8.2% reported a rash. The study has not been peer-reviewed yet. I guess it needed another grant. And was led by Dr. Mario Fauci, not Fauci, but Fauci, who is now urging for rashes to be officially recognized as a symptom in light of his findings. Mm. Although it's less prevalent than fever, it's more specific of COVID-19 and lasts longer, Dr. Fauci writes in the study. He had an increased awareness regarding how coronavirus can cause skin changes while allow more efficient identification of new and earlier clusters of the disease. Well, I tell you, I don't know, all these rashes and stuff. I, I was reading an article last week, and I didn't mention it on the talk. And I think it was in Holland. Where, and they have a big sex trade in Holland. It's all legal and so on. And they have a red light district in um, Copenhagen. Very popular, very well known, this red. Because the models or the prostitutes are sort of often in the window, you know. Like, like, like statues in a sense. But, uh, and I guess that's a wide idea. I can remember too, and it's amazing how your mind works actually, but I was thinking back to years ago when uh, the mayor of Toronto was Mel Lastman, and they said that Mel uh, got the job as a mayor because you could sell uh, refrigerators, and it, it, it used the word then for, for the people who live, indigenous folk who live in the north, they can't use that term anymore, apparently. You know, it was always used, but now it's, they don't want you to use that now, it's all banned or getting banned by the thought police and, and speech police. But anyway, he, he there's other reasons why he was the mayor too, but I won't go into that. And, but uh, he was smooth talking and uh, fast talking. He was caught in different things too eventually, but uh, and he was completely compromised in different levels as well. Oh, that's what he did. He was trying to bash down on the police union at that time. They really was getting really, really hard. They had a, a professional came up from the States to teach the union how to get more rights and power and stop getting blasted by the politicians. And um, and they've got the dirt on Lastman, and Lastman had to be buckled under so quickly once they came out with what they'd found on him. But back to what I'm saying, though. He, like all good, you know, characters and mayors that they took the taxpayers' money into a delegation of the Council of Toronto. Uh, a lot of them he knew awfully well. And um, they went over to Amsterdam, I think it was, 
and uh, the red light district. And he came back saying, uh, we, uh, he says, I think we should look at them because uh, it's like it'd be a good income for the city of Toronto. He says, uh, uh, it's amazing how this internationalism works awfully well, isn't it? Uh, for certain groups of people <laughs> that really know how you manage the business. But anyway, getting back to what I was saying earlier at the start of it, uh, the, the uh, yeah, they were talking about uh, last week in the paper about um, the, the introducing no kissing rules for the prostitutes that work in the, the red light districts and, and uh, throughout, I guess, the whole of, of, of Holland. But um, Copenhagen... It's the last thing you, you would actually think of, I suppose. But anyway, that's what they were, they were saying there. But, uh, but here you have it going on here. Eh? They're telling you not to have sex even, eh? In this article that I'm reading here uh, by Dr. Fauci. What do you think about it? I mean, how many folk come away from these places with rashes? Eh? It could be, well, maybe other things as well, eh? Couldn't it? Oh, no, you got COVID. That's obviously COVID, eh? Mm. It says initially the only two symptoms for COVID-19 listed on the National Health Service's website were a dry cough and a fever mm. This is however on the 18th of May loss of smell and taste have since been added, no kidding And additional symptoms were added a few weeks after experts first raised concerns that COVID-19 cases could be missed as a result of them not being officially recognised Well they've got everything underneath it now eh? In March the British Association, Association of of Otorhinolaryngology, ENT, UK, published a statement outlining that the symptoms had been found among a number of patients in the absence of other symptoms. Well, had they been, maybe, in one of these places just mentioned, I wonder, eh? Professor Claire Hopkins, president of the British Rhinological Society, and Professor Nirmal Kumar, president of the ENT, UK, said in a joint statement that there had been a sudden rise in cases of isolated Enosmia, hmm. a total or partial smell loss in the UK, US, France, and Northern Italy. Well, that's like recycling old stuff. They're running out of symptoms because I've covered everything since, since the last few months, eh? Because I doubt before. So it's just astonishing what's going on, eh? Mind you, if you worked in certain places, it might be a bonus not to have a sense of smell, like sewage departments and things, eh? So there you go. So coronavirus is a, could be a, a rash as a symptom, eh? Here's everybody in Canada right now scratching away with mosquito bites if they get outside the cities. I mean, I've donated pints of blood to wildlife this year, you know, already. Uh, into the state of anemia almost. But uh, yeah, you get these rashes. These are some amazing mosquitoes. These things attack you viciously, eh? They follow you. The old mosquitoes, I can remember them can be kind of dumb and silly, kind of wafting in, towards you and wafting away. These things literally, uh, you swear they're watching you. And if you put a hand out to whack them, they move away from it before the hand gets anywhere near them. Then they'll, 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 then they'll wait a while, very cleverly. Then they'll get around the back of you and they come and bind your ears. Oh, that's a nasty spot, that one. Yep. Or they come in the house with you. That's even worse. And they wait till you take your shoes off and then they go for your toes and your ankles. Oh, well, then you get a little rash, you see, and you're scratching away. But let's say you got COVID, you see. So there's been an awful lot of tranquilizers sold in, in Canada right now in the, in, the, in the height of summer. After all these things, oh, a rash could be a coronavirus symptom. Yeah, there you go. 
Nearly three times more people are dying of flu and pneumonia than coronavirus. Three times more people. Wow. There you go. And it says um, three times more dying of flu and pneumonia than with coronavirus. In England and Wales, new figures have revealed. The, form, the numbers are published by the Office for National Statistics, you know show that 917 flu and pneumonia deaths were registered for the week ending July 10th. In comparison, 366 people died that week after testing positive for COVID-19, the lowest number of deaths involving the virus in the last 16 weeks, and a 31.2 decrease compared with the previous week, which saw 532 deaths. So there you go. eh? 917 died from the flu and pneumonia for that week. And he goes on with the statistics and so on and so on and so on and so on. And uh, I'll put this article up again too for those who uh, want the official stories from these. Again, I mentioned too the 77th Brigade because I mentioned it back in April and, it's, and somebody sent it back to me again <laughs> after I put it out there uh, ages ago. But it's a good article though. It says, Is British military waging an information war on its own population? Uh, that was put out in the UK column. As well, but as I got it from from um, a different source initially, I think twenty one wire, possibly or before that. Anyway, anyway, it's a good article, and it says we've been involved with the Cabinet Office uh, Rapid Response Unit with our seventy seven brigade, helping to quash rumours from misinformation, but also to counter disinformation. Between three and four thousand of our people have been involved with around 20,000 available the whole time at high readiness, it says. That was from the head of it. To to counter disinformation and quash rumors (laughs) from misinformation. 20,000 available. That's that's these Sayat warriors eh? at high readiness. All people, the taxpayer, to attack you if you say something. Or defame you or whatever, you know. And um, I just understand the, the implications of the statement. We have to go back to 2018 when Carter gave a speech to the Royal United Services Institute. In our 77th Brigade, he said, we have got some remarkable talent when it comes to social media, production design, and indeed Arabic poetry. Those sorts of skills we can't afford to retain in the regular component, but they are the means of us delivering capability in a more a much more imaginative way than we might have been able to do in the past. It's also known as the Security Assistance Group, which stood up in 2015 as part of Army 2020. The link is here, by the way. Uh, Army Mod uh, UK, who we are, future of the Army. It says the Security Assistance Group has been established following the amalgamation of the Media Operations Group, 15 Psychological Operations Group, Security Capacity Building Team, and the Military Stabilization and Support Group. It's described on their website as being about information and outreach, but what does that mean? General Carter again says we also, though, need to continue to improve our ability to fight on this new battlefield. And I think it's important that we build on the excellent foundation we have created for information warfare through our 77th Brigade, which is now giving us the capability to compete in war of narratives at the tactical level. A war of narratives. Hmm. They also have a rapid response unit, just like the Special Forces do. 
to, to attack and so on, working with the Cabinet Office, that's the government's Cabinet Office, established in April 2018, also known as the Fake News Unit. The Rapid Response Unit was given an initial six months funding and brought together a team of analysts, data scientists, and media and digital experts armed with cutting-edge software to work around the clock to monitor outline breaking news stories and social media discussion. So the unit's around-the-clock monitoring system has identified several stories of concern during the pilot, ranging from the chemical weapons attack in Syria to domestic uh, stories relating to the National Health Service and crime. So it's all propaganda, you know, just to make sure that the only one, one authorized source of propaganda ever gets out to the public. Everything else is quashed, ridiculed, or like Boris Johnson, you know. Folk who don't who speak out against the vaccination are nuts. You see, like fools, crazy, mad folk. Yeah. There you go. But this is uh, 21st Wire, as it's called. Yeah. There you go. Also, also, the, of course, the whole idea is to get you off meat altogether. Uh, and of course, what's to save the planet? You know, because cows and so on, they, they, they create methane, you see, in their digestive systems. And so milk, you get milk and you get protein, you get cheese and, and you get meat, etc. from them. But that's, that's to go down, down the memory hole, the whole idea of even remembering that you used to eat meat. Because your, your, your owners, the ones who own you, the characters at the, the World Economic Forum and, and all the, the global elite have decided that's where you're going to go into austerity, you see. And using that as a guise to save you and help you. They're going to take away your protein until you start getting sick. Yeah, malnourished, all that kind of stuff. Hmm? And uh, because they've been on that goal for years, quite openly, in fact. Because look at all the things that make you, you know, that make you survive. What happens when you... H.G. Wells talked about, for goodness sake, he's a great propagandist for the eugenicists. Because he was a socialist, a socialist, and he said... Look at the people, he says, what do we do? We give them better food and sanitation, and we even give them vaccinations and, and, and make it more, everything more hygienic for them and give them heating in the winter. What do they do? He says, they breed. He said that in his own writings. Most of the stuff he wrote, you know, was non-fiction, for those who don't know that. And yeah, they breed, you know, these ornery folk, you see. These, he hated the peasantry, but then all the top rulers of socialism do. Because they are your elite at the top, you see. And the Astor family, of course, were the founders, or the funders, I should say, of the Fabian Society. Yeah. One of the richest, fam- one of the richest families on the planet at the time. So, but that doesn't matter. Facts don't really matter, do they? And, um, but there you go. It, it's just get rid of the meat. And so they've got these big campaigns on the go. And to save the planet, as they claim. He says, are you ready for a burpless burger? Actually, burpless is an oversimplification. Fast food chain Burger King is testing low methane emission burgers. Mm-hmm. There you go. And you go ads out to disgusting ads with children singing a country song about the, the flatulence and so on. Eh? Another marketing stunt, etc., etc. All the leader in it. It reminds me, too, again, of Orwell's 1984, where, where Julia... His, his girlfriend, his, his quote, clandestine girlfriend, he'd be very careful in those days, in that book. And um, she brings home, a, she worked with, up at the upper level, you know, around the, the inner party. And so she had, she managed to steal some real coffee and real cans of things. And, and, uh, and Winston, her boyfriend, you see, 
He'd never seen it in his whole life. He says, my guys, this is a bit. smells like real coffee. He says, it's real coffee and real sugar and real this and real, and real food and real meat and everything in cans. And she says, yeah, there's nothing those bees, you know, these bar stewards don't have, she says. And that's how it always is during wonderful socialist, communist type tyrannies. Eh? That's how it really is. Always will be. Because the human nature and corruption always sets in very quickly, if it's not even there in the beginning, of course. And then the ones who actually plan it all, it always is. It's the same folk. Another article, too, is bodies everywhere. Talk about the chaos in the States right now. Fourteen are shot in Chicago funeral home during a memorial for a shooting victim. And while U.S. progressive leaders are in the mainstream media, hypocritically decided many years ago to avert their eyes from the constant deadly violence in the liberal bastion of Chicago, pretending instead that the daily murders in this gun-free mecca don't really happen. And there's links to all this, by the way, on this article. And it says, tonight's events are just too gruesome to be ignored, as CBS Chicago reports no less than 14 folk people died, uh, or, or been shot, I should say, and wounded near a funeral home in the Auburn uh, Gresham community. And the funeral was in a memorial service to a homicide victim. Always, always bodies lying everywhere. Witness Anita, Anita uh, Gerder told NBC Chicago, shop everywhere, all over, legs, stomachs, back, all over the place. We thought it was a war out there. All right, yeah. 60 shell casings located at the scene of the shooting and so on. So links to all this stuff here. And... Um, some of them actually, there's even cars taking them, the other ones to hospitals. <laughs> and some of them even managed to walk to hospitals that were minor, more minor, I should say, you know. So folks, they said they were inside the funeral home when the shooting started, and some were covered in blood after the incident. Some of them didn't even know whose blood it was, because it was splattering all over the place. This is crime statistics indicate there were 13 murders last month in the area, compared with just three in June of 2019. There's more and more murders because it's a free-for-all <laughs> between gangs and so on right now. As the cops are literally can't get any backing from the, the from the, the officers who, who are in charge, like mayors and so on, that uh, supposedly employ them. And then this article here too, it says, uh, Chicago's a violent weekend, sees at least eight killed and 40 others shot, please say. Uh, lots and lots of stories like this, but... Uh, what do you expect? It says Chicago on Sunday was running from another violent weekend with nearly 50 shootings, including eight people killed since Friday, police said. And just lots of uh, bloody violence, as it says in the article here. Another article we just mentioned here, getting back to the vaccine caper, is from 2015 National Geographic Society. It says Gen- genome editing is as consequential as it's controversial. Uh, scientists are exploring the possibility of altering genes that cause specific diseases. But even if we can do it, the question is, should we? And should we edit the human germline? Now, these genes don't cause the diseases, by the way. It's badly worded, too. So it says, uh, genome editing um, says the ability to modify a person's genes to add or remove particular physical traits is moving from science fiction to science fact. Already, scientists are exploring the possibility of altering genes that cause specific diseases and editing human embryos to eliminate genetic mutations that cause some conditions. But even if we can do it, the question is, should we? I guess like that movie that um, I mentioned years ago, 
for the appeal she did look into, and it was to do with a time when people would be already modified. You have two groups of folk. The folk that were modified literally uh, before they're born by altering the, the sperm and ovum and taking, putting in certain genes and removing others. And they would be the, the, the new ruling caste, they would say, in that show movie, Gattaca, it was called. And it wasn't a bad movie. It's fictional, of course, and, but it did touch on the, the kind of consequences to an extent of it, too. And how you have a, a lower class be ordinary folk then. You have the lower, or you have unaltered. Uh, you know. So the important is it's two different kinds of genome editing somatic and germline. Somatic cells make up most of our bodies, including skin, hair, blood, and organs. Changes made to somatic cells affect the person's body alone, they're not hereditary. In consequence, germline cells are reproductive cells that can create embryos. This means that any alterations made to them will be passed from parent to child, affecting all future generations. That's what this vaccine is going to do. They're going to give you for COVID. Eh? So then they give you the five arguments for germline genome editing. This is through the, the G, uh, GE. We can treat some genetic conditions that are beyond the current ability of traditional medicines. This is such as Alzheimer's muscular dystrophy, and cystic fibrosis. may take decades to develop traditional medicines to manage these conditions, while genome editing offers a more immediate solution as we may soon have the technology to identify and remove the gene mutations that cause diseases. It's a big jump from actually being able to do it specifically, accurately, and so on, eh? doesn't it? But permanence, the GC could uh, entirely and permanently eradicate some serious conditions that cause suffering for millions of people, like get, getting born, I suppose. They'll all be sterile, or will, or will otherwise cause suffering for millions more in the future. Regulation, as with all other areas of medicine, strict policies and regulations will be agreed and enforced to govern the use of GGE. Patient safety remains paramount, and the potential benefits of the treatment must be proven to outweigh the potential dangers before it's used. Almost all pro-GGE scientists agree that much more research and testings need to be guaranteed as safe and effective use. Then it's got five arguments against germline genome editing. This is a crucial element of any clinical procedures informed consent, ensuring the patient fully understands the risks of a treatment. GGE is so new, complex, and uncertain that we cannot adequately inform prospective patients, prospective patients of the risks to them. Or of, of and future generations, this raises the deeper question of whether we have the right to deliberately, permanently, and irrevocably change the human genome without universal consensus. Well, they don't get you don't get informed consent with most of the vaccinations, including even the flu shots. Have you ever had a doctor sit there? Let me tell you, I'll tell you about all the dangers here that could happen. You ever had it? <laughs> no, you get. It. Is this okay, doc? Oh, sure. That's that. You just just give them your consent. That's if they even get that far. Generally, they won't even ask you. You know, the very fact that you go and and you and you bear your arm as you consenting. Yeah. But I never, I never ever seen informed consent on any of this stuff. In uncertainty, the human genome is an extremely complex ecosystem that we don't fully understand, so we cannot absolutely predict the impact editing a gene will have. Sometimes multiple genes interact to perform a function. It's possible a single edit could affect many other genes, uh, nor can we completely guarantee the accuracy of genome editing. 
So there's always a risk of uh, making unintended changes. I'll tell you, India is a big player in this. Years ago, I remember reading an article where uh, the wealthier families were having uh, certain genes altered to try to get uh, for height for, for the male and so on. And um, for particular looks and stature, etc., and they, they, they hope to get intelligence with it too. Naturally, you're not going to stop them going the next step, you know, and creating different classes, just like Gattaca. Says, well, if you change a, a, a part of a germline cell, it says we cannot reverse it; it's permanent. Pass from parent into child, and through all generations from then on. Eugenics, once we start altering genes, where do we draw the line? Theoretically, GGE could be used for the enhancement of so-called designer babies by manipulating the genes that control qualities such as eye color, height, athleticism, and memory. Parents may feel pressure to pay for improvements to their children with significant social consequences, even calling into question what it is to be human. Then social causes comes next with the stratification of basically different classes of people, right? Transhuman indeed. Oh, well, there you go. This is the world we, we exist. I don't say living anymore. You're not really living, you're existing in it. <laughs> and um, one of the protests that just happened, a protest erupted across the country and a black militia member accidentally shoots comrades in, the, in a park. It was a demonstration we're having. A protest, I should say all armed, and uh, 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 it says they unfold across the the country Saturday with tensions flaring in major cities including Portland, Seattle, Chicago, and Louisville, Kentucky. In Seattle, the police department, which on Friday announced that they would effectively not be enforcing the law due to a city council ban on the use of non-lethal crowd control measures, declared a riot, citing ongoing damage and public safety risks. According to USA Today, 16 protesters were arrested by Seattle Police Department for assaulting officers' obstruction and failure to disperse. One officer was hospitalized with a leg injury caused by an explosive while the crowd launched mortars and rocks at the police. These aren't, these, these water bottles too, they're so clever. Yeah, 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 they're so well organized. And I'll, I'll put up a YouTube, by the way, for those who think it's just protesters. And you'll see it from above. The ones who are trained in the way they come in, uh, like, like a, like a, troops actually, with the bicycles in front going back and forth, and then they pick up the uh, and the banners behind them. The banners got PVC piping. Once they're, they're ready to to start their attack on the police, they take off the banner cloth or whatever it is, and the, the, these PVC pipes are actually sharpened like spears, and you see them going at the police with them. And uh, you also see the, uh, and all the, all the so-called peaceful ones behind them, they know what's going on. They're a cover for the attackers in the front. This is obvious, and uh, it's an off- uh, you, you'll see the police chief of one of the cities explain it, what happened there, and showing you this particular f- footage, how well organized it, and it is. It's, it's with military precision, of course, and you actually see them uh, using umbrellas. They put up umbrellas and then they grab these black outfits and change into black gear. And they're the ones in the front to do the attacking. It's, they're using all kinds of defenses too, of uh, like like the mums, you know, the mums for for peace, etc. Whatever it is they're calling them. But 
But uh, no, I mean, uh, you're, you're looking at the same techniques that they claim the Muslims. Remember they used to say that Muslims, oh yeah, Saddam's using, his armies are using all these women in front, like, like hostages, really, so you can't attack them. Well, this is exactly what Black Life Matter is using. It's the same techniques they're using there, of course. And in reality, you can see all happening. Uh, very well done. I mean, this is psychological warfare and tactical uh, r- rioting. For, for, it's, it's all military technique in a sense. So you can watch it happening. But uh, this particular one, yeah, and the black militia, remember, after mentioning that they're well trained and so on, uh, one of them let off Lucy's. It must be a, a automatic, I guess, fully automatic to, to blast off enough to, to hit. Uh, and one burst it must have been, surely, to, to bring down three uh, of the comrades. So um, anyway, it says the crowd continues to throw. Oh, yeah. oh, that's the other one too. Seattle. And the riots there. Quite amazing, eh? I tell you. Yes, and some of the top leaders too, they call themselves Grand Masters, etc. Quite interesting. Everything that's coming out in the open now, of course, from the lodges that they actually have set up for all the different groups. And don't forget the lodges. The Masonic lodges were famous for in the 19th century for revolutions. Yeah. For folk who don't know, they're just peaceful, happy little clubs, which they are today, most of them. But uh, they're all upset for revolution. But I'll, I'll definitely put up the one, you, you'll see the uh, the police chief um, showing you uh, this, this very good video. And you can see how the organization works. Very, as I say, military precision, no doubt about it. And I guess they bring in, the, they bust so many different cities when they're having their... The so-called protests, so the football, and the media will always say, oh, it's this protest. You'll see them stabbing these spears at the cops. You can see it. And what they're throwing at the cops. These are, they're brought, you see the guys bringing in these big hampers full of frozen water in the bottles, water bottles. That's so if they get to court, you say, well, I just had to a bottle of water in them. Now, these are like bricks when they hit you. They're frozen. Nice. Right? <laughs> the media knows all this stuff. But they're all on board with it because, as I said, this is the elite's revolution. This is the next part from the previous age that they ruled and brought in with revolution. This is the next phase for the elites. And if the people down below don't know that. <laughs> they really don't. It's our, it's our generation, you know, just like the who. Talking about my generation, it's all eyes and This is ours, yeah, sure. <laughs> and you have... Um, yeah, I think it was Chicago police chief. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put that one up. And uh, it says, watch rioters use peaceful protests as cover for attacks on Chicago police. I don't know how these police could have stood there like that. They can't get the backup and, and use the, the, the techniques they, could, they, they should have to protect themselves. But you'll see this well-planned and rehearsed, uh, organized, organized, incredibly well-organized attack on the police. This is an attack, yeah. And the Chicago Police Department officers show footage Monday of last weekend's attack on the statue of Christopher Columbus in the city, in which rioters armed with projectiles used peaceful quotation marks um, protests as a cover for attacks on the police. This is the footage of the attack revealed to, to the media by Superintendent David Brown. Showed a peaceful procession marching behind uh, banners suspending, suspended from PVC pipe emblazoned with Black, Black Lives Matter, defund the police and other slogans. But reaching the Grant Park, uh, the banners were used to shield a group of rioters who prepared to ambush police. 
Putting up umbrellas, preparing projectiles, changing black clothing, the peaceful protesters appeared to move in front of the rioters deliberately to shield them from the view of the police officers guarding the Columbus statue nearby. And the rioters then moved into what police called a platoon-like fashion towards the statue, using the protest banners as cover. The PVC pipe was then removed from the banners and sharpened into weapons. They were already pre-sharpened, using weapons, to be used against the police officers. Rioters distributed weapons, projectiles such as rocks, frozen cans, frozen water bottles throughout the crowd. They also restocked the weapons throughout the confrontation with the police, distributing them from shopping carts. Then pelt the officers with projectiles and hit them with the PVC pipes. You actually see them getting thrown like spears. 49 officers suffered injuries in the confrontation, including concussions. One suffered a severe eye injury when he was hit by an incendiary or explosive device. That detonated near his eye as he stood near the statue. That officer may eventually require surgery. I see Superintendent Brown, uh, who formerly led the Dallas Police Project, achieved national recognition in 2016 when five police officers in Dallas were assassinated by a sniper during a Black Lives Matter protest. So, it's, um... He says, now we must assume that there may be mobs working with peaceful protesters to inflict violence, Brown said. It's the same techniques, though, mind you, that were used during the anti-globalist meetings. When you saw the same black-clad guys at the time, at the time they were, we knew there was, they were actually found out to be being trained in another country, a lot of them. And the Antifa group were still got headquarters in another country. And um, they would appear in black outfits with the masks on, and they'd start hurling their Molotov cocktails at cop cars and so on. And at that time, most of the followers then were peaceful, anti-globalists, and uh, their, their real protests were getting ruined by... Uh, these guys that were out to, for utter violence. Another incident happened too at that time. I remember that in globalist meetings were in Montreal. One of the meetings there, I think it was Montreal. Um, they, 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 uh, they, they actually saw something gave away a bunch of them that were caught throwing bricks at cop cars, and, and it turns out there were policemen. This is what, it's amazing what goes on from all sides during these times. Eh? That was way back in the uh, the the so-called globalist meetings that were going on years ago. But here you have, uh, <laughs> you have well-organized, well-funded organizations with all this. And we should talk about the socialism. Socialism, too, makes you dependent, you know, rather than fix any problems that are really going on. The governments that are socialists now are, are doing the typical socialist technique. They, they keep you in poverty forever. That's how I see it. And it says, baby boxes included in program for government following Richmond's campaign. And uh, so this is in, in Ireland. It says, um, the government for a commitment to introduce baby boxes for all new parents in Ireland. The Deputy, Rich, uh, Deputy Richmond said, after campaigning for baby boxes for over a year, I'm delighted to see that nationwide rollout of the baby box program included in the program for government for the first time. So it's for, for newborn children and uh, their parents to have uh, these boxes that, that's got temperature, it's got thermometers and food and I guess baby mixes and things and blankets and this box can be altered, or you just open it up into a cradle I guess, you know. And they, they copied Scotland for the example, which is socialist too, <laughs> and ensuring that all parents are well equipped when they bring a new member of their family home in 2019. You remember, I mean, the first thing you say, oh, how come the folk can't afford this? What's wrong with the system? Because that's what it is, isn't it? 
Socialism keeps you in, in the basic, the basic minimum uh, of requirements and necessities. They do. There's always two ways of looking at things. Don't just take what's presented to you. Look at the other side of it and say, wait a minute, why, why is government, what's wrong with the system that they ha- they're handing these things out? That the folk don't have what they need or the money? Huh? This other article here is commentary, Illinois has not been well managed. We're trash and burn help. It goes into, into a lot of folk moving out. What's left, I mean, it's been shrinking and shrinking. In that area, but it says we're moving to Florida, a lot of them say, and Illinois is not well managed, you know. It says the population has grown only slightly since 1970 from 11.1 million then in 1970 to 12.67 million today. The US population, meanwhile, has increased from 205.1 million to 328.2 million during that same time. Population growth in Illinois has been augmented by large by Latinos and the Asian American uh, Illinois white population has dropped from 8.9 million in 1970 to 7.5 million today. Does it say that the, 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 the state has been so badly managed for some time, you know? But anyway, yeah, big, big changes going on, eh? Another article here Coronavirus Did Herd Immunity Change the Course of the Outbreak? That's by Dr. Faye Kirkland. And the BBC put this out here. March 12th, everyday life remained relatively normal across the UK. The, the backpack pages of the newspapers were dominated by the victory of Atletico Madrid over Liverpool. Throughout the day, shoppers shopped, millions drove to work or poured out of trains into city centres. In the evening, people went out, etc. But these were not normal times. A new coronavirus was spreading across the globe. On that day, Italy was shutting all non-essential shops and the Republic of Ireland announced that schools would close. But looking back, the question will always be asked is, did the UK go into lockdown too slowly? Should these crowds have been out that day? So the WHO, that is funded by, again, by Bill Gates, have been asking countries to do everything they could to, to contain infections since late February. Some countries were scaling up to Test and trace as many people as possible to try to suppress the virus. Just uh, testing folk isn't suppressing anything. The folk are getting mixed up now, thinking it's like a cure or something. The more folk who actually had it and got over it, the more have got herd immunity. That's normal. I tell you. Um, and then lumping everybody in with all kinds of signs and symptoms that didn't get, and using tests that are just completely inadequate. Why is he getting locked up? And lots and lots of folk have got locked up in their homes because they're tested positive. Then they, they, later on they found out, no, they're wrong, that their tests were faulty. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Well, at least they didn't get things put down their trachias to, to kill them off on the ventilator, I see. Ah, but again, it's, it's a necessity. This whole COVID thing is necessary, as is, of course, obviously, on behalf of the elite. What appears to be a communist revolution, but in reality, it's all it's all given the go ahead by the elites themselves. Another article too is meet the gun club patrolling Seattle's leftist utopia. That's from the Daily Beast, this life wing. So, and it uh, goes on to some of the the gun club, you know. Over the past several days, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone has, has captured radical imaginations across the country <laughs> and struck fear into the hearts of conservative politicians and right-wing media pundits. Do you understand the, 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 the tone of, of the article here? Striking fear 
into the hearts of conservative, potish, and right-wing media pundits, including the president. Also known as the Seattle's autonomous zone, the six blocks surrounding Seattle, now abandoned East Precinct, have become a virtually cop-free space. Well, of course, they had all the shootings after that inside of it, including children getting killed, and that's kind of crumbled there too. This article is about members of the Puget Sound John Brown Gun Club, leftist community defense and firearms education organization that gained a spate of notoriety last year when a former member, Willem Van Spronson, set fire to an ice parking lot. This has been a constant presence. The club is often asked to provide security for protests and rallies around the Seattle area. And while their involvement in Chaz is structured more loosely, the presence of armed civilians has raised a few eyebrows. And there's more to it, of course, with uh, some of the guys who who actually uh, don't mention it in here, who they are, but I know who they are. Some of them, and uh, some of them have long links to uh, <laughs> revolutions uh, and, and, and other things, too. I won't go into. At, uh, Newsweek, Turkey bombs Iraq and Syria targeting Kurdish groups says it. It trains Antifa. <laughs> they've, 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 these guys and uh, Antifa putting their photographs up there. See, so the Turkey bombed Iraq and Syria, striking a Kurdish militia, is accused uh, of training members of the left-wing international Antifa movement involved in protests across the U.S. Turkish Defense Ministry released footage on Friday of an F-16 fighter taking off and conducting what it said was an operation in Iraq's northern Great Zab region that neutralized four members of the Kurdistan Workers' Party. The PKK is a communist party too. But again, the West has used them to attack uh, Syria in the past. They also used them to, the Kurds, the Kurds to attack uh, Saddam Hussein. You know? It's quite uh, uh, interesting too that... Um, it's like Maggie, Maggie Thatcher, as I say, she she cited an important call from communist Poland at the time to put them, her own miners out of work and to close down the mines. And the West has been attacking, for reasons that they'll never tell the public, obviously, uh, the Middle Eastern countries, including Syria, um, have, have used uh, communist groups inside the, Kurd, the Kurdish groups, like the Kurdistan Workers' Party, PKK. And many others too, to try to get rid of uh, uh, Syria's government. If you follow and belong to any group, you get news. You'll never figure out that. It's way too late. Maybe you'll never figure out or get a chance to live long enough to find out. But this is the kind of system you're living in here. And so, anyway, the, yeah, they, they've been training this, this group. There's, there's been a hero group and given lots of good press and all that by the West, it's as long as it was attacking um, the government of Syria. As a communist group, eh? See, everybody, everybody's handy for, for, for big organizations that run the world. And so it's been... There you go. So everybody's useful at times, you see. Once your usefulness is over, then you're labeled a terrorist group. <laughs> That's how this works. That's how it really works. These are the major brands donating to the Black Lives Matter movement. For you think it's just a little, you know, just... So it's got it's got pretty well all the technology companies, and it says uh, Facebook, uh, Google actually committed twelve million dollars to them, and uh, 
Facebook and Amazon are donating $10 million to various groups that fight against racial injustice. These are the groups. Apple is pledging a whopping $100 million for a new racial equality, equity and justice initiative that will challenge the systemic barriers to opportunity and dignity that exist for communities of color, and particularly for the black community, according to Apple CEO Tim Cook. And this is CNET, the CNET, the, 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 the computer group that give you all different programs and so on. You're going to uh, CNET's guide to learn more about how tech companies are supporting the Black Lives Matter movement to give you a, a list of them. Walmart is going to contribute $100 million over five years to create a new center for racial equity. And uh, CEO Doug McMillan said that center will seek to advance economic opportunity and healthier living, right? As of Walmart and all these big groups have eliminated all the smaller stores. That was what they brought them in for. They, 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 the global elitists run these organizations, so we understand this. Hmm? Target announced $10 million in an effort to advance social justice. Well, this is what all these burning citizens of social justice, right? Home Depot, uh, Craig Minier, announced a $1 million donation to the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights in a statement released on the company website. They're all involved in, in the same, you know, and there's many, many more. I've got a whole list of them here for anybody that cares to look at them. Another one, too, says, do you still support Black Lives Matter after seeing Ohio's Black, Black Lives Matter representative Isaiah Jackson crushing a white baby's neck to make a statement with his knee on it, you see? I think the elite really want as much fear and terror as possible because they want to get something going, maybe. Well, and the, and the, the man, they'll maneuver the outcome of it too if they can't get what they want the way it's going right now. Another one to do with uh, the big boys and gals. This is from Business Life uh, News Insider. It's to do with company a company called. Um, it's focused on digital transformation. Okay. And let's see, now if I can get down to it, some of these pages take forever. This is Palantir. It's called Palantir. It's worked with immigration agencies. And it says it sold more than $500 million in stock to private investors and hopes to sell about $400 million more. The company was set to be preparing for a September IPO. It's unclear how the new funding affects those plans. It's a data, a data analytics company co-founded by a Trump confidant that works with U.S. immigration agencies. The startup has also found itself in a controversy. Palantir, the executive data analytics company founded by, co-founded by Peter Thiel, is raising nearly $1 billion as it works towards a possible public offering. In a regularly filing Wednesday, the company said it raised $549.7 million from unnamed investors since early March and hopes to sell up to $411.4 million more for a grand total of 961.1 million of stock. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a massive, it's, it's used by the CIA, this, this company, uh, for, for all kinds of things, and the FBI, etc., etc. And uh, they're in some big, big heavy stuff. Uh, the three guys that brought it together is quite a story too. But anyway, another article says Palantir, the $20 billion Peter Thiel-backed big data giant, is providing coronavirus monitoring to the CDC. Yeah. See, I, I always think of what Rothschild said. He wasn't being facetious or whatever, or flippant. He, he was being honest. You know. And uh, when he was asked 
when's the best time to, to, to invest or make money and make the biggest profits? And he said, when blood is flowing in the streets. And that is true, you see. When everybody's, panic, everybody's panicking and they're terrified and petrified with fear, fear, fear. Uh, that's when you make big money off the public. Look, look at the money your governments are tossing into their pals, all these big private corporations. Eh? And, uh, and so here you are. <laughs> this company, just, just ahead of the curve, naturally. Uh, already a massive spy program, eh? providing coronavirus monitoring to the CDC. Small world, though. Eh? Yeah. So last week, the center, uh, staff at the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention started logging into a new web app. It promises to help them watch where COVID-19 is spreading and checks how well-equipped hospitals are to deal with the spike in cases of fatal virus. According to two sources familiar with the work, according to the sources, it was built by Palantir, a $20 billion valued big data company whose data harvesting works for the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency has provoked criticism from human rights groups. And all, all these groups, these, these particular kind of groups, mind you, these, these, these firms are also into investments big time because they can pretty well predict what's going to be big money and, and with investments and, and shares, etc. Of course it is. It's not that they can predict. You understand this management <laughs> to make things happen the way you want them to happen. That, that's what a lot of this is about, naturally. So anyway, this company is also going to be, it's got the contracts for, for hospitals and health, healthcare agencies, lab testing results, emergency department statuses, bed capacity, vendor supply, etc., etc. And um, big money, eh? And the group, they're selling shares now, eh? Mm-mm-mm. And, of course, locations for mobile phones to track movements of people. It's, uh, I guess the other companies doing the same are Google and Oracle, etc. Big time. Again, when, when the blood's flowing in the streets, that's when you make the big, big money, eh? isn't it? And our article two. This article is Socialism in the Fight Against War, you know, 2016. And it's from their own website, Marxist website, uh, World Socialist website. That's what they call themselves. And, and uh, 15 years after the U.S. launched the war on terror, the entire world has been dragged into an ever-expanding maelstrom of imperialist violence. This is true. The invasions and interventions organized by U.S. imperialism have devastated Afghanistan, Iraq, Libya, and Syria. But they were all on the list in the 90s, though. NATO is engaged in a massive rearmament program in preparation for war with Russia, and Africa is a target of relentless U.S. and European neocolonial machinations. They never mentioned China being one of the biggest players in, across Africa. They even had some, uh, some Chinese uh, military helping uh, with uh, rationing, etc., in South Africa and, and managing the COVID thing, you know. And it's, anyway, it goes into um, how they'd have to manage it and so on. You do get insight into what plans are, of course. But I, as I've said before, I, I've really come to the conclusion long ago that all sides are managed by the same people's folks. I really mean that. Uh, that that's what you find. When the agenda continues, um, regardless of who's in power, left-wing, right-wing, whatever it happens to be, or, or, what are names anyway when it comes to agendas? As Jefferson said, when you see the same agendas continue, uh, even within changes in the house, but they continue. No, you're under tyranny, and it's cronyism. It is if you like crony capitalism or whatever. It's all cronyism, and it'll happen in, under any any name you want to label any system, 
because those at the top reap the harvest and live awfully well over the public. I always think back to, to Alexander Hamilton. That knew, again, he knew the Rothschilds. He was in correspondence with them too. And, and he was all for um, the old system of the, the real capitalist system. Uh, those who ruled, had the money should rule the world. That's what he believed. But Hamilton also said something that, that there's, there's always bits of truths coming out of most of psychopaths. He also he used to have tremendous debates and arguments with Jefferson. Jefferson was uh, at least outwardly uh, coming across as being a man of the people, even though um, he wasn't all he was made up to be. And he was definitely a member of. That's why he didn't get very far. He was all for the the, the French Revolution, and he was, he was named as a member of the Illuminati at the time. You know. But regardless of that, he 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 gives some good quotes, but that way. <laughs> but uh, Jefferson um, argued with Hamilton, and Hamilton used to visit his place, you know. And uh, Jefferson had different heroes and, and drawings and portraits of heroes of what he saw in history as good heroes. And uh, Hamilton didn't like them. I mean, he, he says that his heroes, Hamilton's heroes, were, were, were guys who went out to, to conquer the world. He had, um, he had Alexander the Great and people like that, you see. And he thought that those with the power should use it. And he's ambitious, be audacious and bold and just conquer, etc. And bring in civilization. That's what they always say when you take over the world. And so will communism do the same thing, bring in your civilization, you see. And they'll convince you you're living better as you're borrowing from each other to get, a, you know, a packet of beans or peas. But, uh, but again, facts don't really matter when it comes to elite ruling you. And they always live better than you do. But Hamilton's did see something that was awfully interesting. He says, well, because you, you, we're debating at the time. Don't forget the U.S. Uh, did, or America did send uh, the founding fathers, as, uh, before they became the founding fathers as such, they did send over an invitation to a man who was the descendant of the Stuart line of Scotland. Eh? And they, they invited him, they sent a delegation over and asked him if, if he would, because at that time they weren't sure if he should be a king or what, you know. And uh, they did um, offer a kingdom to this guy who didn't want to uh, before they settled on this republic. You know, they already had their republic idea worked out. They, they could have a sort of monarchy type system, kind of like Britain's on a Republican basis as opposed to a democracy, this fake democracy thing. But a monarch at the top, they'd be like a chairman. That was that, the idea behind it when they offered it to the guy. But Hamilton uh, was, was for that idea, you see. And Hamilton, as I say, liked the Rothschild's idea of running the money. But what Hamilton did say is, as well, to Jefferson, he said, do you really want a republic with a, a government that will expand? with a massive uh, civil service eventually, which would always be inevitable to happen. And he said, and they'll all be living so well off of the public purse. Is it better not to have a royal family? Where you've got a royal family, maybe maybe 50 to 80 of the relatives to support in, in luxury, uh, rather than thousands and thousands of bureaucrats and civil servants all living in luxury. Off the public purse. He had, he had a point. Because eh? it, it always ends up that way, doesn't it? Human nature always ends up that way. 
And, uh, and that's the truth of it too Human nature always comes across And those who are crooked to start with uh, Have no problems accepting bribes And, and wanting more And, uh, and want the good life hmm? That's how it works that's the, that's the way of the world folks I understand And I hope I haven't bored you tonight either But uh, you have to look at all sides of everything And as I say To, to those who literally think That they're, they're leading a revolution It's only by the, the sufferance Meaning the acceptance and promotion Of a very cooperative elite Including all the big media <laughs> That this is happening Because there's a different agenda underway And again the WF had talked about it With the COVID idea And of course now with uh, uh, they call it social justice, right? <laughs> Revolutions are going on. They, they, they think they can, they, 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 all the things they couldn't achieve using the climate scare, the climate change scare, they said they could probably achieve with this. So here you go. COVID, the whole thing, into austerity, a new system. You'd be all regulated from birth to death and managed by experts. How's that? Hmm? Yeah. That's how it is. And people who follow, as I say, people who follow uh, always find to their detriment that they're being used, you know, eventually. And they never manifest their utopias. It doesn't happen. Because those who end up in such systems, you always find uh, are, they are the real butt uh, kissers who follow the doctrine, whatever doctrine they put out there, and learn to parrot it off, uh, just like any politician would do. In the right circumstances And their behaviour will, will show you the complete opposite If you could get a, a glimpse inside And uh, I've always, always mentioned The Lives of Others of A very good movie you watch And um, from, from Germany about the, about the Stasi system in Germany And everybody was getting spied on Everybody was getting spied on And then of course you also have the cultural revolution They always go through a cultural revolution And that's once they've achieved their goals they, they use a younger group to oust the group that did the revolution <laughs> because they're not strict enough, they're not adhering enough to the communist ideals, you see. And so they go after them and they, and they eliminate them, the ones who actually did the revolution. The, the Soviets did it and the Chinese did it and so on. You know. That's how it works, folks. But the, the big organizations that know everything about every single one of us, do you think they don't know about everybody involved and everything? <laughs> They've got all your chit-chat and all your programs. They know all. There's no encoding going to keep you uh, out of it. So you, they know who everybody is. And everybody will get used. And their leaders will just evaporate, won't they? When their mission is accomplished. And lots of other folk carry the can. That's the unfortunate way it, it happens in real life. Eh? So, uh, as I say, and there are many folk too, I'm not telling you to despair of things, uh, but life will still go on in some form <laughs> uh, for a while. But uh, years ago, they came out to the United Nations talking about the agenda for post-industrial and then really post-consumer society and to utter austerity. Well, this is the fastest way to bring it all about, isn't it? Use your meatloaf, as they say, that's your head, eh? And uh, you start to come to the right conclusions eventually But folks should make sure you have a few friends And swear you'll help each other out Don't fall out and all that When times get tough Because you'll all need each other at times To deliver food or whatever it happens to be Depending on whatever happens to you And um, 
you got to pull together because it's a, it's going to be a long haul now into a completely new system, and it will not be pleasant. It really won't be pleasant at all. Take care of yourselves and uh, keep in touch. As I say, I, I'm really enjoying hearing from so many people uh, that listen to the talks and getting their take on how they perceive it in their own, their own lives because that's real history. Uh, and the, 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 all the different countries are giving me. Uh, I've got from from all the different countries, I've got people sending me the data on their personal lives, how they see how it's affecting them, what's happening, where they are, etc. And you can see this global agenda is, is so obvious. It's not spontaneous, and it's not a weak movement, even with the rebels or whatever. It's all completely managed and completely financed. And so, yeah, I'll put up a, a longer list of the, the, the corporations that are funding it all. They're not afraid. The corporations are not afraid of these groups. <laughs> no, no, they're funding them all. Not because they're getting blackmailed or they're terrified. No, no, no. The groups that... Remember, always remember, this is the elite's revolution. They own the last part of the system. And this is the next part of the, of the revolution. Is this is going on in different areas and using different methods all at the same time. It's theirs. And they, they boast about accomplishing their mission and their agenda for sustainability, as they call it. So take care of yourself. I'm Alan Watford here in Canada. It's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.